Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. If you're watching this as a pretty regular viewer, this will be the only stream this week due to the holiday. Tuesday through Friday, I will be out of town. And this video is about how the reviews are in decline for New World. And we're going to spend the morning kind of discussing what exactly is happening and why really committed players are leaving bad reviews and people that really enjoy the game should be a little concerned, at least for the moment. If you clicked on this video and you've never seen my stuff before, we open the video with this segment. So whatever you were looking for, if you were looking for my commentary on the reviews in decline, I'm going to give that to you right now. But then the rest of the video is pretty long. It is a past broadcast of a live stream. This is an SNTR update. New World reviews are in decline after one of their first and biggest updates to date, and the community is answering both on Reddit forums and Steam reviews with a lot of negativity, criticism, and complaint. I want to talk about what Into the Void did, how the endgame is in bad shape right now, and I want to end with talking about the results, both with respect to the reviews and the Steam charts themselves. If you like these SNTR updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my uploads, or check out SNTR Gaming, where I streamed the segment live and followed it up with discussion with the live audience. So, what did Into the Void bring to the game? Well, obviously it brought the Void Gauntlet, and everyone was very excited excited about Void Gauntlet gameplay, what it would bring. Everybody got very excited. Obviously, there's been lots of speculation about new weapons coming to the game with some of the leaked footage, as well as the map sort of expanding. Now, it didn't seem to last very long as far as a motivator for hype and engagement because many of the people that have been playing the game the most quickly realized there were other things that had transpired. There was a lot of nerfs announced. There were also numerous things that sort of happened that were not announced that frustrated people because their builds were suddenly very different. Those who play endgame want to level or grind certain things or play PvP quickly notice that certain things were not functioning in the same way. Now, I'm not going to sit here and delineate every single one of those instances, but it led to a lot of frustration with the endgame. So the endgame in New World has been one of the more criticized aspects of the game. The more committed players got there first, discovered lots of problems and things that were not working properly. Now, initially I said this is not abnormal, This is pretty common. The more committed players tend to ride the front of the wave and expose all of the problems. And the, you know, community numbers were holding and it seemed that, okay, well, if most of the community is more of a mid lane, more of a casual player, this does not pose any threat to the game's health and longevity. Now, if you fast forward to today, we're starting to see numbers that are a little concerning. So let's talk about the results of the Into the Void update and what it did to the end game. And let's take a look at the reviews and the Steam charts. Virtually all of the most recent reviews for New World are now mixed. This is the first time that has happened on Steam. It has done very well up to this point with mostly positive reviews. But if you look at the most recent reviews, it is now getting a rating of mixed. About half of the reviews are people saying, I think it was like 68%. It's not a 50%. It's about a 68%. So, you know, 40% of the people, 30 30 to 40% leaving these bad reviews are saying, look, I've been playing for a very long time. I'm a very committed player. 
And this was just very, very disappointing to see what was supposed to ingratiate more trust and confidence in the franchise has had the opposite effect on the most committed players. I saw a similar post on Reddit. These are not trolls. These are not people just sort of spamming down votes to be mean or complainy. These are people that you can tell have put a lot of time into the game. And if you want proof that this is having a negative impact on the game, just look at the Steam chart population numbers. Weekend is usually a pretty strong time for New World, and I checked them just this morning, and it wasn't looking very good. They had dropped significantly. This is the first time the 24-hour peak has dropped below 200,000 over the weekend, and I continue to say, if the peak numbers for a 24-hour period drop below 150, that's going to be concerning, because that's going to affect all of the servers. There are already a ton of servers in dire need of server migration, and the more those numbers drop, the worse that problem is going to get. It will spread to some of the more mid-engaged servers, and obviously the very popular ones should be a little bit protected from this, but right now the state of the game is a little worrying. There are more than just endgame problems at this point. Population decline will be a quick, quick road to irrelevancy and death. Because if your server isn't lively and if people are not you know, swapping territories, getting into battles and keeping the economy going, there'll be no reason to log in and play. You can add as many weapons as you want. You can add new enemy types and make the game feel alive, but it won't be if they don't get in front of some of these problems. So as always, if you like these SNTR updates, hit subscribe and the bell button and I'll see you in the next one. And I'll see the rest of you right now this morning. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody who's here right now. Obviously, not a very positive note to uh, to end on, you know. Given that we're going to be taking a bit of a break uh, this week, you know, I'll be I'll be out for Thanksgiving. Um, just not good to see uh, the response to Into the Void and the changes that they've made. And I thought, okay, well, I'll check the Steam charts this morning. We'll see what they're looking like. And they don't look good. Uh, they, they look a little worrying. And um, th- this this could lead to, uh, to a decline in player base that you can't really slow down. Mainly, uh, mainly, the server migration problem could become almost un unsolvable because you won't really know which servers are having too much decline you won't really know which servers are uh, you know in in more need than others because it'll be happening too fast um it's not a good week for turkeys either right the, the hope would be you know this would obviously be my hope is that during this week given they'll probably have a slowdown of player engagement anyway because people will be traveling uh, and just engaging less because of the holiday, they could really push out some good changes so that people could come back from the holiday and have a pretty strong reason to jump back in. Um, if that doesn't happen, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm a little worried that they, uh, they're they not going to be able to get in front of this. They're going to need uh, a DLC moment to, to really bring a lot of these people back. And if they do that before server migrations they might have a chance if they do it after server migrations then it could cause a lot of problems because you're going to suddenly create queues and overpopulation problems on servers that were migrated that maybe won't need it once they bring out the dlc or the expansions or whatever uh got a different spider-man shirt from 80s tees but it should be coming today all thank you d tom think lono could single-handedly push legends of sword online into popularity Think of Sekiro, Ghost of Tsushima, and New World had a baby. Incredible combat, story, and systems. Give it a shot. I've never even heard of that. Is that? A, it sounds like a mobile game. I'm not saying that it is. It's just, to me, that, that name 
when I read it. It sounds like a mobile game. It was fun while it lasted. I'll probably find something else. I was getting bored. I think it's okay for any game like this for you to take breaks. I don't necessarily think players getting to the... There's a difference between players getting to the end game and feeling like, okay, I've checked every box. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to play less. That's that's not a concern for me. When I see that, I think, okay, that's healthy, normal. People will do that, and then they'll, you know, they'll come back when the time is right. This is different. Um, this is very, very different. This is basically the more committed players leaving in large quantities. Um, yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. This is not people taking a break. This is people putting the game down and saying, y'all have, y'all have done too much. We are unhappy. We are dissatisfied. I think they're on schedule. If they don't write the shit by February 1st, they might be in trouble. The question is, do they know that? Right. Right. It's a full-fledged MMO. Luis says it's dead. You're saying I could resurrect it. I think you overestimate my reach, my friend. I appreciate your confidence in me, but this channel is is in a good pattern, but we are not. We do not have the reach for me to resurrect some game that is in if it's in bad shape. So, guys, make sure you come in and push the uh, the like button. Give that a smash. Let's 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 check out something here. Uh, New world engagement. Where are you? Um, same, less, uh, taking a break, right? Or walking away, right? New world engagement. Where are you? The same? Are you, uh, are you playing the same? Hang on, let's do this. Playing the same amount and then playing less, taking a break or walking away. And obviously, if you don't play the game, I mean, I, I guess you could just check, I don't know, same. Displace their fire. Yeah, these ones look really, really good with the lighting. Unfortunately, the one that he gave me as a bonus, Book of Boba Fett, you can't, you can't tell. Like, you can't even tell what it is with the lighting in here. It's a pretty big bummer because it is a very, very nice display, but you can't even tell what it is once it's back there. <laughs> I used it for one of the recorded videos, Creature, and I was like, my gosh, you can't even tell what it is. Um, uh, Salty says 330 hours and playing the same. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, get, get those results in. We'll, we'll see what you guys have to say here. Seven more votes to get us to our first 100, uh, upvotes here. Our likes, um, not votes. I'm sorry. Seven, uh, seven more likes to get us our first, uh, 100 likes. Can you show us? I mean, I can show you the display. It just doesn't look, it just doesn't, you can't set, you can't tell what it is when it's back there. It's obviously meant to be like very dark and mysterious, right? So it looks great right here, but you take it back there and you can't tell any you can't even tell what it is. You can barely see what it says. I tried a lot of different lighting combinations. It's just it's so dark it eats up it eats up all the light. So it's a great displate for your room, but it's not necessarily a great displate for uh, for my lighting setup in here. And obviously my setup is very specific. Like the average person, I would imagine I would imagine the average person watching this stream is not like <laughs> a streamer with a lighting setup just like that. Demon Waffle says 520 hours and still playing the game. The bugs ETC are bad, but I don't mind putting up with it because the game is fun. 
Cheesy Donuts is getting pretty bored of the same old faction missions. Go here, kill, and collect five boxes kind of missions. I'm actually very annoyed at the combat, says Takashi. Uh, it is inconsistent for every, any, everyone else. Now, they released a blog post recently, Takashi, and we covered it. It was like, I think we titled the stream New World Combat Changes. And it was basically me talking about their aim is to make the combat more fluid. They know it's one of the primary frustrations for not just people in the end game, but like everybody is frustrated by combat fluidity. So they are looking into it, both with animation cancel, with weapon swap, all of it. It's the same as every MMO, says Silent Warrior. People grind and grind, and once they are maxed, they either stop playing until new content comes out or keep playing and complain there isn't enough to do. Now, the only reason I am not agreeing with that diagnosis, Silent Warrior, is for one simple reason. They just launched their biggest update to date, and it had the inverse effect that you would want to see. You would want to see a huge update. We read patch notes. I mean, we read through a mountain of patch notes, okay? The New World Into the Void update did not have the effect that it was supposed to have. It has had the opposite effect. You never want to see a big update pushed out that drives down review scores and drives down player engagement. That is not what you want to see. Now, if the review scores got driven down and the player numbers resounded, rebounded, and looked really, really good, right? I would say, okay, the main audience is saying, well, the game's fine, the game's fun, I'm going to keep playing. But it drove people away. The update didn't come with content. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Whether or not it came with substantive content or not, it changed fundamentally certain aspects of the endgame and it has driven players away. A quality of life update with new enemies, new variety of enemies, new, new, a new weapon, it shouldn't drive people away. <laughs> Why is no one grinding? Why is no one trying to come up with a really killer void gauntlet build? Why aren't people playing in larger numbers? It... Even if it wasn't super substantive, it should have at least, for a week or so, had a positive influence on the player base numbers. And it has had a negative effect on the player base numbers. That's concerning. Now, I'm not ringing the alarm bells like, oh, this game's dead, this game is dead. But you never want to see an update drive people away. Like, in, in such a very, very clear fashion. It had content come with it, quality of life people would have been more accepting. Maybe, maybe not. They they basically gutted so many builds and nerfed so many things that people are like, now listen, we know that you know nerfs tend to cause a lot of smoke and a lot of fire and gets people very amped and makes people get really passionate and emotional. We we know that. We we've we've covered a game where that was sort of par for the course. That's not I just don't feel like that's what this is. Generally, we would have people do that, right? In the other game, they'd complain, they'd get all gripey, you know, angry or whatever, and then the player base numbers would stay the same. It was like it was obvious that people were angry, but then they would just embrace the new meta. This game is too slow for people to rebound, like to rebound in that way. They're not like, well, I'll just try a different build, different weapon, different whatever. You know, people were like, what the frick did you guys do? And the progress, you know, slowing progress and slowing things down. In a game that already had complaints about progression being too slow, I, I think, again, is driving people away. What's good, Lono? Haven't been here in a while, but I'm back. What games you've been playing? 
Uh, we started Sekiro on Friday. For those of you that were here for that, we figured out what was going on and why I was randomly like hitting buttons and not getting a reaction. We were going through a capture card and then through OBS and projecting. And so there is periodic frame drops in OBS, which you would never really notice it unless you were really combing over a stream with a fine tooth comb. But when I'm playing through an OBS feed and those random frame drops happen, it creates inconsistent input delay. It's why I would successfully block, 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 deflect, 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 and then just randomly miss a very easy deflection. And that's why I was swearing to you. I was like, I'm pressing the button on time. Like, I know... I know when I'm pressing the button on time. So we're bypassing OBS now. You guys will still be able to see my gameplay, no problem. As soon as I bypassed OBS and ran right into the monitor, completely different experience. I just sat on a guy and just like 20 20 deflections in a row, never missed one. That's what I was trying to tell people. I'm like, bro, I know when I hit the button at the right time. Like, these are basic enemies. Like, I should be able to consistently deflect. And so I knew something was, was wrong, and it was because we were going through OBS and then through... Uh, I'm sorry, capture card, then a separate version of OBS, not even the one I stream on, OBS on my gaming rig. So now that we're bypassing that, working. Eugene says, nerfs my weapons and builds, and now I have to spend 50 hours grinding weapon skills and gear for another. No thanks, walk away. This is exactly why I think it's having that effect. Brutal says, were there a lot of complaints about OP builds from the players? Uh, it was, it, it, uh, it was, was it a dev-driven nerf? Here's what is strange to me. I read through the New World Into the Void patch notes with you guys, and it was mostly buffs. There was only a couple of things that got hit really hard, and I was like, okay. So when I saw these reviews, I was like, what the frick? It seems, from where I sit, a lot of people are postulating that they did stuff without telling us. There's either stuff absent from the nerfs, I'm sorry, the notes, or the nerfs didn't really come across as strong in the notes and they're having like really, really strong you know, negative effects on certain builds. Because the, the, the posts that I was reading, I read a Reddit post and I read a couple reviews. These were written by people with hundreds of hours. They weren't just going on to the forums and be like, I can't believe you nerfed my favorite weapon. I hate you. Bam. Like these were thoughtful replies. They were lengthy. This was not somebody just going on a full-on rant. The one guy was quoted in an article. He was like, this was meant to create more trust and reinvigorate the player base, and it's having the opposite effect on those of us that have put in the most time. Distorted says, it was a dev-driven nerf. I saw tons of complaints and threads about the nerfs, and a lot of the nerfs were silent ones, not included in the list. Right, that's what I was seeing distorted, that that's one of the things that frustrated people. It's like, you didn't even warn us about this. You just nerfed a a ton of stuff and didn't tell us. A lot of the mages are mad about their nerfs because everyone went full ice gauntlet fire staff and now they need to readjust. That the, the irritation that I have with that, if this is what if if this is what they've done, right? My irritation with that is number one, the the standard up to now has been transparency and honesty, which I've applauded every time. I'm like, situation sucks, but they're being honest with us, they're being transparent. But New World gameplay suddenly shifting on you and being like oh yeah this just got nerfed and you're like well why didn't you tell us you know number one why is it not in the notes number two don't play these games with me in the patch notes and tell me that you're addressing weapons and weapon skills that are being you know that are underperforming or underrepresented 
I literally praised the patch notes for that reason. I was like, this is the kind of philosophy that you want to see. Leave the really strong builds alone and just start buffing the other builds. Fire Staff was kind of OP. Yeah, but the Fire Staff nerfs were literally in the patch notes. That was the one that I could tell got hit the worst. There were people in chat the day we read through the notes and they're like, my gosh, they really chopped Fire Staff down. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes that's going to have to happen. But the rest of the nerfs that people are complaining about were apparently not in the, uh, not in the patch notes. The small percentage of people playing at the high tier get shafted regularly, but the majority of the casuals are loving it. This has had pretty far-reaching effects on the player base numbers. I mean, the numbers dropped. Any luck percentage suggestion for grinding or farming legendary items? They're, they have not addressed luck. That Apparently, they're going to be addressing luck in a future patch, or they might have addressed it in this patch. I honestly couldn't tell you. It, it, it's, it's a known issue that luck does isn't working properly. So it's, like, it's actually like a known thing. It's not like an unknown thing that like luck is jacked up. I don't remember if they, uh, they fixed it or not. It's got to be the stupidest move to make as a dev. At this stage, nerfing a build will drive people away. They already went through the grind. Implement nerfs with new content and new grinds. That, I would say that's exactly right, Brutal. Like, if you're going to introduce, like, a pretty significant nerf, number one, at least tell people. Number two, maybe wait until you have some, like, new things to do. Can we get a bad look at the numbers and only look at uh, One Day Peak and say the game is dying? Well, nobody's saying the game is dying. I certainly haven't said that this morning. I said that it is incredibly worrying that an update that was supposed to help make people feel more confidence in the game is having the inverse effect. It's having the inverse effect. So you got to look, 107,000 people are playing right now, and the last 24-hour peak was uh, 195, okay? So when did this update get pushed out? It got pushed out on Friday, did it not? When did we cover this? No, it got pushed out on Thursday. It got pushed out on Thursday, didn't it? What day did we cover this? I'm fairly certain it was Thursday because we did that in Halo and then from Friday was, uh, yeah. So Into the Void hit on Thursday. Okay, let's look at the numbers then for Thursday the 18th. So Thursday the 18th, it spikes up to 206,000 and that's actually a pretty normal, no, that's a higher 24 hour peak than the days before it. The days before it were in the 180s and 170s. So 206,000 player peak on the 18th and then it quickly, it quickly drops down and then the very next day, 191, very next day, 194 and then within the last 24 hours, 195. So to me, that's not the effect you would want to see. Number one, it's concerning that not even that many people logged in the day of to check it out. So the 18th hits, and they're like, bam, new weapon, new stuff, holy moly, big huge update. And you get like a marginal daily login peak increase. You go from 180 to, you know, 206. So 26,000 higher peak than the day before, okay. Maybe over the weekend more people will log in because they hear about it. No, not at all. The, the exact opposite. This isn't having the effect it was supposed to have. Now, couple this, okay, couple this either lack of interest or disengagement with the reviews on Steam as well as the forums, and you're like, well, this is a little concerning. 
You know, because they're already staring down the barrel of server migrations. New World population is in 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 a decline. That's not that's not abnormal, but it means that they are going to have to consider server migrations. In the midst of needing to consider server migrations, they just kind of kick some people out the door. Like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to nerf a bunch of your stuff and make the end game less enjoyable for you, so that you know the the people that were still sticking around and dealing with the end game are now like, well, I guess I'll go play something else. Not to mention, you've got. I don't even know when it's landing. Is it December for the Final Fantasy what, Endwalker or whatever? That's going to obviously... I, I, would, I would imagine that's going to pull people out as well, at least in a certain percentage. Apparently some gear got bumped down in rarity for some reason. Not nice at all. Every bug they fix, there's two new ones to take their place. Yeah, I don't even know what bugs they've, re-inter- they've introduced with this update. I've not even paid attention to that. I was paying more attention to community morale. The reviews, for the first time, have dropped to mixed, right? Let me just show you. Let me show you. Let me pull it up here. All right, let me go to New World. And then let me go to the store page in Steam. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about, okay? Let's take a peek here. So you can see here, all right, all reviews are mostly positive. 71% of the 157,000 user reviews of this game are positive. So they're maintaining a 71% out of 157,000 reviews. Then you go to recent reviews, there's 29,000. 59% of the 29,000 reviews in the last 30 days are positive. So that's a pretty that's a pretty big jump. Now obviously it's harder to maintain good numbers with 29,000 being like one-fifth of the total of the total reviews, but the most recent reviews have seen a, a significant de- decline. Like, d- they went down. Right? So, you've got your most recent reviews going down and your player base numbers have gone down. They buffed some endgame and nerfed others. Elite zones are tougher because we've been surging them or zerging them. Dungeons apparently are easier according to buddies of mine. The devs are so new to the MMO genre that at this point they have no idea what to do with this game and where to head successfully. They need a hard look at the content and the future. Yo, it's good, Derek. New player numbers would be a salient comparison. People quitting after they spent the money aren't a huge deal if the changes are meant to sell more copies, or at least in part meant for that. Well, this update, the New World Into the Void update, was not targeting new players. It was not. It was meant to build confidence in the existing players and make people feel like, okay, this game's got a good trajectory. So the 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 Into the Void update, it would be it would be, I think, a mislabel and a miscategorization to say, oh, this was intended to pull in new players. Pulling in new players will typically happen when you do like a really big, you know, content drop, a new area, new weapons, and then a lot of the times when you do that, you give new players a way to boomerang to the end or to the mid, so they can sort of take what you would consider to be essentially a shortcut to get, you know, further into the, you know, further into the game. So I don't, I don't actually think this was targeting getting new folks in. And if it did, it failed at doing that because, again, the player numbers just didn't do much. Um, I heard these elite zone scale and difficulty if you have more than five people in the area. I don't see that as an issue. Well, I, yeah, and here's the and here's the thing. It, I've talked about this before with other games, and I've said 
I always appreciate when games turn a few knobs at a time, okay? Because generally you're going to get better changes when you do that. I know people get really irritated when games don't have lots of changes very quickly. They get, you know, they get irritated. They're like, "Come on, man. What what why is it taking so long to get an update?" And I've always said I applaud a development team saying, "We'll turn a few knobs at a time." Go read those patch notes that we read on Thursday on the 18th and try to tell me that they didn't turn too many knobs. They turned every dadgum knob on the machine. Yeah, it's like which way's up? It's going to be really hard to know. Did you make any right decisions? Because you guys just turned like every single knob. And when we first read through it, it was like, well, this is great. New weapons, new enemies. I, it seemed to me from where I sat, you know, 80% of the weapon changes were buffs. So I'm thinking if you want to shake things up or try something new, you've got plenty of reason to do that. And instead what they ended up doing is is frustrating a lot of their more committed players by essentially nerfing their build without telling them and i just don't think that's ideal yeah i i think that breaks consumer confidence you're just gonna nerf stuff and not tell us john says you can grieve folks at the elite zones the difficulty increases the more folks you have if you father another follow another group and don't assist they'll really struggle yeah i mean i it's a it's a sensible decision to say, all right, if you're going to be grinding out the you know the new world gameplay in some of these elite zones or whatever, okay, fine, we're going to have to adjust difficulty accordingly and hope that the average person isn't going to do what you just described, John. That would just be such a stupid. I mean, I know that there are degenerates in the world that would take pleasure in doing that. I can't see that lasting for very long or being a common problem. Like, yep, yeah, I'm going to boot up today and just follow people in an elite zone. Harry says a game could have a thousand issues, but as long as a patch fixes the biggest one to two things, people will be happier than 50 fixes to random issues. Right, especially if a lot of the things that you see fixed are like, well, I never even knew that was going on. I was unaware of that. Brutal says, I wonder if they weren't weren't purposeful stealth nerfs, but accidental from turning too many knobs. I don't know how you turn knobs on, you know, spear and nerf something else you see what i'm saying brutal i don't i don't know if that's a solid theory they if they specifically went into abilities and weapons and stuff and tuned turn things down you know what i mean i don't know about that dev blog elite pois and endgame check out our latest developer blog okay so christine has got something for us about that So two days ago, the developer took to the forums to say, recently changes were made to the elite points of interest in the endgame zone, and it's clear to us that proper context wasn't delivered on why those changes were made. Our goal is to have a variety of areas that players can go for crafting materials and gear, but with new gear and equipment, we want players to be challenged. Our vision for the endgame is multifaceted and includes outpost rush and wars, invasions, and arenas, 60-plus corrupted breaches, 60-plus elite points of interest, and named creatures and expeditions, with more to come in the future. There will not be one single source for best-in-slot, and our desire is to encourage players to engage with various activities. We value your time in Endgame and are actively looking into some of the activities and reward balance. Currently, we are investigating an issue with the elite chests and their drop rate, so the journey into harder content 
is rewarding. We are also monitoring orb creation and usage in expeditions. We believe expeditions should be a big part of your endgame loop, and we will be taking steps toward incorporating them in the near future, so please look for updates in the coming months. We appreciate your continued feedback and incorporate more challenges into Eternum. 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 In Eternum. I can never remember how to say the stupid name. In Eternum. They blogged about it after the fact. Right. Uh, Lulian says they actually stealth buffed musket. People already tested before the patch in the same year. The game went from 900k to 190k. Clearly there's a problem. No, 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 no. No, it never hit 900,000 peak. And looking at peaks seven weeks later is not the right comparison. Go right for Forbes. You'll be welcome there. So instead of buffing other areas of loot, they've nerfed the one path people found somewhat efficient and can only be done once per day. Lamau. What up, Cheeks? What's good, Icebreaker? See, Harry, this is one of those things where I've always said... It's like, if you want players to do a variety of things, boy, oh boy, does this feel familiar. If you want players to engage in a variety of of activities, then you've got to properly incentivize it. And my biggest problem with what they've done is, that blog post basically says, we're going to make expeditions and reward balance better, right, in the future, but not right now. Okay, well then... So you messed with the one grind that was working with the promise of making these other activities better in the future? That's not really how you're supposed to do it. That's not really how you're supposed to do it. You you should have implemented the nerf to the elite points of interest and the you know maybe the public elite guys. You should have done that at the same time as buffing expeditions. You see it's like you th- this isn't this isn't how you do it. So you came in and said, okay, our long-term goal is to have people running a variety of endgame content. Currently, that's not happening because this one route's very rewarding. And instead of making the other routes rewarding, we're going to promise that we're going to do that. And while you wait on that promise, we're going to nerf the one that was actually working. That's not a good way of going about a change. It isn't. You... This is how you win goodwill. You come out and say, listen, currently, this is the most efficient way. We're not pleased with that. Enjoy it while it lasts, but we will be making tweaks long term to balance out this game so that you feel incentivized to rotate through a variety of content in the end game. We will be looking at expeditions. We'll be looking at, you know, other things, whatever these other routes are that you could possibly run. And we will balance those things in time. And people be like, okay, basically, get in while the getting's good. More than likely, what that would do is increase player engagement and make players say, oh, wow, we have to do this while it's going to work well. And then, what will happen when you make changes later on down the road and you tone down this elite farm that people are doing and you make expeditions better? Do you want to know what people are going to do? They're going to go test out your expeditions to see, hey, let's go see how it works. Let's go see if it's better. Let's go see if it's faster. Why? Because you treated them with respect. You didn't you didn't slap their hand and be like, "Hey, get out of the cookie jar." We don't we're not offering anything else right now. We're just slowing this thing down. Well, nobody, no one no one's, no one's going to accept that. 
It's a flawed excuse because elite POIs were not exclusive. You'd go all over your elite POIs in the morning and then spend the rest of the day doing other stuff because it's a 24-hour cooldown. So it wasn't an issue of variety. They just wanted to slow it down. Right, like that sounds like a pretty, you know, varied content loop to me. You do it. You run to all of them. That's it for the day. Go do something else. Wait, what's the problem with that? So they slowed that down. Why? Well, because later on we're going to speed up some of the other ones. Or we're gonna make some of the other activities better. It's it's basically they were like, well, only this is the only thing people are really doing right now. Every day they're logging in and doing the elite POI farm, and then that's it. And we don't like that, so we're slamming down the cookie jar lid shut on your fingers, and we're not gonna do anything else to the other environments. I agree, says Takashi, because they the way they are doing changes, only casuals are being badly affected. Hardcore players already took advantage of the exploits. Well, casuals are probably not even really aware of this stuff yet, Takashi. I mean, maybe they are. You know, maybe I consider myself to be, you know, playing the game pretty casually. And if 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 that's the case, and you know, if I went to go and try and do these elite POIs now, and they didn't function as well, sure, I'd be a little disappointed, right? Crafting being the main example, right? Like you go to do all this stuff, and it's just not going to be as effective anymore. Sure, sure. They also cranked up the difficulty to the new weapon quest, too. Slamming the lid on the cookie jar, but not cooking supper. There you go, Gizmo. Let's just land the food analogy. New World Into the Void should have had the inverse effect here. It should have been like, hey, we've tweaked some things, but there's a plenty of routes and activities that we've buffed drop rates to to make you feel like, okay, I've got something to experiment with and try out. Harry says, I felt bad for the people who didn't have a hardcore company running elite runs every hour for all of its members. Now it seems having that kind of company is going to be necessary. Well, I mean, hopefully not necessarily, Harry. The hope would be that they would make the endgame routes balanced. You know, what's good, Demetrius? So you wouldn't feel that need of like, well, I guess I have to get in a really hardcore crazy company that's going to be insanely organized. No. The, the, the problem with this blog that I just read from is they said, listen to how they said this. Um, right here. We are monitoring orb create. No, wait, 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 wait. We believe expeditions. Okay, this is near the end of the post. We believe expeditions should be a big part of your endgame loop and we'll be taking steps toward incorporating them in the near future. So please look for updates in the coming months. In the coming months? What do you mean? You just What do you What do you mean in the coming months? You just did this change. You did you just did this change. So you, wait, wait, So uh, now I have to wait a couple of months maybe, maybe one or two before you make expeditions better? Huh? Like you should have just left the elites alone. Take the poll in chat. We're curious where you stand with the game right now. New World Engagement, 32% playing the same, 31% walking away. So that's split right down the middle. 20% are playing less, and 17% are taking a break. So it's a 70-30 split. About 30% of the people who have taken the poll are just playing the same, and then the rest are either playing less, taking a break, or walking away. If you haven't taken our poll yet, please do so. If you're a new sub, you can talk in chat here like Robert's done. Elite chests actually feel buff for players near max gear score. They drop new weapons, but little to no armor, and it was much easier to get to max armor. Uh, I'm sorry, to max get max armor 
to get armor maxed as there is much easier pieces. I mean, from what everybody else is saying, it's 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 not as good, and that's why people are leaving bad reviews and taking breaks and walking away. They're like, you just, the only thing that we were able to do, you just you just you know, you just slapped it. The mob buffs and chest nerfs at endgame areas is not a bad change in my opinion, but changes to gear people already got in inventory is bizarre. Uh, not why, but the way they did. Right. I'm obsessing over the Horizon poster behind you. Yeah, that's a nice displate, huh? Yeah, displate uh, got us a restock of new displates, so be sure to use the displate command or the displate link in the description below. It'll give you a real nice discount. They make great gifts. Coffee orders are currently not working, and that's on purpose because we will be traveling and not able to ship coffee to you. Coffee orders will reopen next week, so those of you that didn't get a chance to, to stock up, you'll have to do it next week, all right? Harry says, think about the people who play solo and don't have a a stream to come fill gaps for expeditions. They have to grind all the mats, craft an orb, and LFG randoms for a chance to complete a dungeon. And that was one of the reasons I thought the orb thing was just so weird, Harry. I just thought it was bizarre. Right? Like, why wouldn't you just say, hey, every day you log in, your faction is going to give you the relevant item for that. So every day you could run an expedition if you want. Now, you can't bank these, okay? You can't bank these, but you you could log in every day and you could go grab it from the faction. So if you're level 50, you could go to your faction and grab whatever is necessary to go run one expedition a day, and you can't bank them. So it's not like if you skip Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, like on Friday, you'd be able to run three. No, once a day, okay? Once a day, and then you go and find people. What, what this would mean is, every time you'd go to LFG, you might be like, well, I already ran mine. I, I need, I, I'm here to help, though. I'm a good tank, good healer, good whatever. And you would just hope to find somebody who is standing around with the orb. The faction should just give you one every day. I don't understand. Like, what? Why do you have to create this this tuning orb grind? The first day I realized that's how they blocked you from just rerunning the expedition. I said, I don't know about that. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Because by the time, especially the early expeditions, like by the time you get to the place where you're 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 adept enough, you know, you're adept enough to be like, oh, I'm gonna go and and make a tuning orb, you're probably out-leveling the the gear it's even gonna drop, so you're just gonna move on, especially the first two. The first two expeditions, by the time you get to the place where you're, like, adept enough to, like, grind it a couple of times and get the tuning orb, you're probably gonna be higher level than the stupid stuff that's dropping anyway. Daily faction quests. Investigate corruption in X. You go to that place, do a new endgame faction quest. At the end of the quest, you get a daily orb. Yeah, something like that. Like, I don't know. Put me on NDA, dude. I'll consult. Like, for frick's sake, I will consult with you about about some of this stuff, New World. Like, I... I hate tooting my own horn, but I said this the first time I interacted with the, with the thing, with the mechanic. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is it set up in this way? And here we sit eight weeks into launch, and it's a, still a pain point. An unnecessary pain point. And what happens? Well, they, they address elite POIs, and everyone's like, well, what'd you do that for? Expeditions are still junk. Why would you do that? Tuning Orb, when I heard, I thought the system was going to allow you to run one per day for free. If you wanted a second run, you got to get the mats. Right. 
20 to 30 man runs of elite zones are dead now. Elite zones are scaling poorly, so about 10 people groups are the sweet spot. Why not just let stonecutters sell the orbs? I mean, I you could do that. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, if there is something called content loop rhythm, and you cannot fiddle with it arbitrarily just because you want to slow people down. When you fiddle with the content rhythm, people get irritated because it feels like there's a dissonance in the game. And when you sense that dissonance, it's like when you throw a frisbee and it wobbles, right? There's a dissonance. It's not a smooth flight. When people sense that dissonance, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to look for ways around it or they're just going to stop playing altogether. And people chose... Number one, they chose to go around it. They chose to find ways around this dissonance and this content rhythm disruption. And now what are they doing? They're slamming down the cookie jar and saying, no, 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 no. These elite farms that you guys were doing, yeah, we don't want you to do that. We think expeditions should be a more prominent thing. Well, then why in the blue frick, if you want expeditions to be a fundamental part of the endgame content loop, did you create an arbitrary rhythm disruption within the expedition grinds? You acknowledged two weeks ago or more that the the tuning orb process was not good. And when you decide to address elite farming, you don't don't address the tuning orb issue. You, You don't address expedition's generosity. You don't do that in one swing. That's just a failure in my mind. When you go to those places and see other people from your faction doing that, slowly build up a group. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's what people are probably doing now. It's like they're setting the gates to sell stuff or extend the grind. They cap Azoth, crafting and fast travel. They cap Expeditions Access. They cap movement. Well, they've not capped movement. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't buy into that, Raphael. I just don't. Everybody that wants to get into, like, the cynical skepticism theory crafting about, well, they're doing this so they can sell stuff to us. I see no evidence of that. If they did all this and in the next month slammed the store with a bunch of microtransactions to solve all the problems they created, then I will grab the picket signs with you and say, this is ridiculous, right? This is ridiculous. Like, well, you guys did this on purpose to sell micros. I don't see them doing that. It'd be so easy to, to pinpoint. Harry says, 20 to 30 man runs were stupid anyway. People who were doing it didn't realize they were screwing themselves. Uh, that way. Ten, ten mans were always the best. Big agree. The issue they fixed, they needed to fix, but the whole issue needs to be fixed at the same time. Raphael is such a satisfying name to say. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good name. I agree. If that, That's the thing. Tuning Orb is the worst part of the game. No one does the last two ones. I think what Harry and I came up with is just fine. A daily thing you can get from your faction that once completed gives you the tuning orb for that expedition, right? Like, that's, that just, oh my gosh. Sometimes it just seems so obvious, and maybe it's not fair, because it's kind of like when you're, when you're sidelining and watching someone play a really challenging game. You can see everything, so you see their missteps, their mistakes, you see the enemy's cues, you see the sound cues, I'm sorry, you hear the sound cues. So it's easy sometimes from the sidelines to act like, well, this just seems like an obvious solution. So sure, in the in the in the heat and, and mix of development, I, I could see them saying, 
this just wasn't thought of until now because you know it's a very big game it's a very compartmentalized development process so yeah i mean these were things that we missed and we sit here and say this just seems so obvious why would you not give people a very rhythmic ability to run expeditions i i, I said that after the first couple expeditions at the first expedition i ran i was like that's some of the best pve content in the game why are you making it so people can't do it right what in the world Almost 400 people here, 175 likes. You gotta do better, gang. Yeah, we're nearing 400 viewers. Let's get those 200 uh, 200 uh, likes. Hit that up. Hit that thumbs up and take the poll. As a reminder, I do a daily talk show like this and gameplay in the afternoons. I will be traveling this week, so this will be your only live stream of the week. This will have to tide you over, okay? We will have premieres every day over on my other channel, SNTR Presents. Those are like the 10 or 15 minute long videos. Some pretty good topics for you this week that we'll be hitting over there. Obviously, there will not be a continuation this week of the Saint Rage story because I will not be in town to stream the follow-up AMAs. So the Saint Rage story is going to take one week off. Remember to hit subscribe. That way you are able to talk in our chat uh, and then introduce yourself. We always love to meet new people, especially people that are enjoying uh, New World or in some cases like today, maybe you're taking a break and you're irritated. Uh, remember to hit subscribe. That way you don't miss these talk shows and the gameplay sessions as well. We're also covering From Software games like Elden Ring and working our way through Sekiro. We do that every Friday. That is called From Fridays. And from now till Elden Ring, you should be here every Friday if you want to talk Elden Ring uh, and then see me uh, play through Sekiro in the afternoons. We just recently finished Dark Souls 3. I am not a Souls guy. It was my first Souls completion. And uh, we're going to take a crack at Sekiro now, especially now that I figured out the input delay that was frustrating me last uh, play session. Um, but it feels good to go to your folks this year. Yeah, we've been up there. We went up in the summer for like a short trip. Expeditions are fun. Just the gear is not even near relevant. Would be great to be able to craft the replica gear with higher gear score. Well, and I talked about that too. I said, listen, if you don't, re- if you don't give endgame versions of these expeditions that is just such wasted capital that is just wasted capital so when I get to I'm 60 now right so half the expeditions are a waste of my time why they're well designed have a version for me to play scaled to where I am right what am I supposed to do for the rest of the week I don't know sorry (laughs) I don't take a lot of breaks I don't take a lot of breaks so you'll have to get by you'll have to get by for four days without me because um, we don't stream on the weekends anyway. So really, it's just Tuesday through Friday. I work... Vengeance says, I work 50-60 hours a week. After hitting level 50 in New World, the progression halt made it super hard to enjoy. Well, and... This is another thing I talked about. I said, listen, you know, leveling should just be kind of happening. If I go to a new area that I earned the right to be there, and there's quests and side quests and a town board... All of that should be scaled to where I am. So going from 50 to 51 should should be a, you know, a pretty sensible process. It shouldn't it shouldn't be it shouldn't be what it is right now, right? It just shouldn't be. They need to add hard and possibly expert difficulties to keep the expeditions relevant. Why spend the time to develop something that players can only enjoy once or twice? That is exactly right, Fazimoto. What is the point? This is something that every Every game developer should be considering this when they're building something that's live service or MMO. Everything you build, you should be asking the question, what's the replay value of this? 
we had an entire team build the Amrine dungeon and did no one ask the question what's the replay value of this dungeon and if your answer is well pretty minimal because at this point of the game you're going to level up and you're going to hit you know 27 28 30 then you're going to have no desire to go back and play this because the gear dropping won't help you right and so you'll go on to the next expedition and then the same thing's going to happen there the replay value of the expeditions falls off except for the final three and so you know that means half the expeditions are just sort of left behind you okay well then the follow-up question is can you do anything to remedy that would sure you would do a version that you select once you're max level and scales to where you are so that you could get that gear at your level if you wanted I have two full levels worth of rested experience and even that doesn't make it any less painful yeah it's been a slog for me to 60 I'm still not 60 they're still trying to shoehorn PVE in always have this view through the context of PVE was a late tack on yeah but the dungeons don't feel like a late tack on that's what's so bizarre the dungeons just the expeditions I'm sorry the new world expeditions feel so well designed it seems insane to me that 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 PVE wasn't there unless the expeditions were designed as sort of a hey the open world's crazy and hard and there's PVP everywhere this is something you can do with your buddies as like a like you know as like a more you know hardcore end game grind or whatever and so maybe that's why the expeditions are so well designed what's good Zubair? like is is that what happened these expeditions do not feel slapped together. They feel very well designed. That's what surprised me about them. I was like, man, they they did a good job with this. This, this is good PvE endgame content. It's really solid. Not to mention the capped economy. In what ways the, is the economy capped? What do you mean by that? A lot of people are, are, have talked about caps this morning. Um, what do you mean? Good morning, Lono. Just uh, heard that you found the input lag in Sekiro. What was it? So my PlayStation 5 was going through a capture card and then into OBS on my gaming rig, and then I would project it full screen for myself. Well, OBS is known for periodic, periodic frame drops. It's not very noticeable to the human eye unless you're really watching for it. Or unless you're doing like a constant spin test, just spinning your character slowly, you'll see like little little stutters every once in a while. Not a big deal. Most people don't even notice it. But in a game like Sekiro, when that happens periodically, and it happens when I'm in the middle of the fight, it's it's the reason that I was having like just random like I hit the button. What the frick is my character doing? It's more than likely one of the reasons I was having that problem in Kana. The Kana like parry window was challenging, but there were times where I'm like, I'm telling you, I hit the dadgum button and nothing happened. So, running it through OBS was creating inconsistent input delay. If you have constant input delay, you immediately can tell. You're like, well, nothing's happening at the right time. This was periodic input delay. That's why I was swearing up and down. I was like, bro, I'm hitting the button. This is a basic enemy. What is this? That's why. I basically am bypassing OBS, going right into the monitor, and I went and stood in front of the guy, and I got like 20 deflections in a row. Because he's a basic enemy. I should have no problem getting my deflections. You know? Uh, Cacklejack says, We also need a real endgame. We need transmogrify system and a closet goblin type ability. Can't believe they forgot this. So much of the armor uh, looks are going to waste. 
Oh, I said this, Cacklejacks, when I was in a new area and got some dope piece of armor, I was like, why can't I turn this into transmog? I look dumb, or I don't like the way that I look. Man, I'd love to wear that thing that I found. Nope, just gotta trash it. The dungeons may not be tacked on. I was referring more to the PvE endgame, the loops, and the replayability. It's not gonna feel fleshed out because it wasn't the main focus. So but what did they envision people doing then? Just going out of the open world and beating the snot out of each other and then just doing invasions and outpost rush? Like, all these all these enemies, all these encampments, all these places, were, what were they there for then? I don't know. That's just odd to me. Leviathan says, when you get to level 60, the money you earn gets very difficult to obtain. You make less and you start having to save all of your money. It costs me too much to repair. It's honestly cheap, cheaper to just build items. Oh, I see what you're saying. The economy being capped. Like, you're getting to the... Okay, that makes sense. Are the expeditions match-made? No, no, you got an LFG. Aaron says, So the endgame dungeons, they give you two quests for each Genesis and Lazarus at endgame. All they need to do is make one of those quests for each repeatable. At this point, I'd even take weekly. No, I think da- I think daily, non-stackable daily is totally fine. It's totally fine. Because if you're playing four and five days a week, man, only being able to do that once a week, I just don't think that's necessary. You know, I mean, unless you're trying to do the, you know, the Destiny raid effect where, like, you come in and you do each one and then you're done for the week. I just, I've never liked lockouts. Lockouts feels like such a cheap way to extend playtime. I completely agree with the replay value idea, but as devil's advocate, isn't there something to having limited time content? It's too much. If too much is in endgame, why have player levels? But it wouldn't be that there's too much in the endgame. It's that you would be intentionally and intelligently repurposing content so that it still has value. I have always looked at it as a spiral staircase that expands rather than narrows, right? So right now, what most games do, so in New World, New World gameplay pretty much looks like this. You have this big wide staircase that you're doing the loops. Everything's helping you. Everything's relevant. It doesn't matter what in the frick you're doing. It's, it's, it's helping you, right? You're doing a dungeon and expedition. You're doing quest, side quest. Duh, 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 duh. What happens is, is as you're leveling up, you're going into new harder areas. And then the spiral staircase starts to narrow. And there's less for you to do that seems effective and helpful. Then you get to the end, 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 end game. And it's like, you, there's two expeditions worth your time. And then there's the elite PO, you know, the elite point of interest, you know, routes that people found. And that's it. The old areas don't matter to you unless you need materials from that area. The old expeditions don't matter to you because they're so far under your level, it's absolute literal trash, right? All that staircase gets left behind. Weekly versus daily, says Aaron. The reason weekly could work is that everyone gets it. If you have four buddies, you could run it five times between all of you. Doing it daily would allow you to run it five times a day. Yeah, but uh, I, I I don't know. I guess I would be open to weekly, but I guess the only problem with weekly is 
Well, no, even with weekly, you could still go LFG and find people that still have their weekly and they're looking for a tank healer or something. And then you could jump in with them. You could, you know, LFG would be maybe a little bit more rhythmic and healthy because everybody logging in on their day to play is like, hey, I'm trying to get my weekly dungeon done. And so there'd be plenty of people standing around trying to get their weekly dungeon done. And you would jump in with them and they would host and it would consume their orb or whatever. I mean, that might be, that might, you might be right, weekly versus daily. Because then it, it might create a more healthy rhythm within the player base and a rhythm within LFG so that if you're trying to run it, there'd be no shortage of players that, you know, you could potentially jump in and help because it that might actually be a good, a really good rhythm because then you'd get, you'd do yours and you'd do your friends and then you'd be like, well, I want to do more. So you'd get funneled to LFG basically and you'd have to go help random people in the community, which would be, which would be another good thing. You're, you're creating you know, organic organic interactions that lead to people being, you know, happy and and feeling like they're having success. Uh, I was on freaking top chat instead of live chat. Frick's sake. I disagree. If you can craft as many of these things as you want and run it every time uh, you have one, I don't see the issue. Maybe improve the process to craft them. Now, they said weeks ago that the New World Tuning Orbs, they were looking at the, the, the length of time that it takes. They were looking into that because they, they, they were listening to the player feedback and saying, yeah, it's just, it's just too cumbersome. And they haven't done anything to it. And in the process of not doing anything to it, they went to the one route and farm that people were enjoying and they messed with it. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Everybody's sort of in a waiting pattern, you know, of like, well, are you going to make expeditions better? Are you going to mess with the tuning orb? Are you going to, are you going to make them more rewarding? Are you going to make drop rates better? You know, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, oh, somebody trying to get me as a member of media. We invite you to take a one hour. No. I believe you need 200 stone crafting. I don't quite understand the logic of having to limit dungeon runs. Can anyone elaborate on why that's necessary? Typically, the reasoning behind limiting dungeon or expedition runs is they basically say you don't want people to to, to run it so much that they, they get everything that they need. I've never understood that line of reasoning because what ends up happening is, is they just find other ways to get, you know, to grind it. Or they just end up being like, well, I don't want to play then. If it's going to be so strangled and choked, I'm just going to not play. They just get tired of feeling like they have to like log in to check that box every week, and then they don't get what they want, and then that's pretty much the end of it. I've been in my car driving through this whole discussion, and there is so much info that is wrong about tuning orbs. What's, what are we saying that's wrong about tuning orbs? Even the even the new or even the developers themselves have acknowledged that the tuning orb grind is not is not good. They've said that they're acknowledging it's too slow. If you make the orbs not bound, I would agree, but making them bound restricts these to two hundred stone cutter plus people who farm portals. I mean that's kinda how you get treasure chest farms. People don't want to deal with the system and they find a way around it. Kakashi says, Oh well, guess I'll stick to my endgame fishing. Right. I've been so busy, I hadn't had a chance. Plus, I'm really waiting until they put a story in there. Oh, you guys are talking about... Oh, Halo. Um, 
I'm here to play a game, not pick up a second job. Right, like, you gotta, like, clock in. You're like, here's my weekly dungeon run, you know? I'm a level 200 stone cutting, and they have already changed the amount of materials it takes to craft tuning orbs. Before the update, it was 10 and 20 corrupted lodestone that was needed. Now it's 3 and 2. It's much easier to craft the orbs now. So, how much time does it take you to get ready to run one, then? Instead of being 10 to 20... Now that it's three and two, number one, you got to get to 200 stone cutting. So that's the first barrier. And then the second barrier is getting the lodestone, right? How fast can you get that? How fast can you do a tuning orb right now? I feel like they made the expeditions as money makers. You can get a lot of coin by helping low uh, and low end expeditions, Starstone and Dynasty. So you run them to make money. Is that like a, is that like an actual grind that people are doing? Do you, is, that, is that actually true? Are people going back and running the low-end ones and getting tons of cash? That's the first I've heard of that. Because <clears throat> the, the coin dupings come up quite a bit, and I've never had anybody say, I don't know, you know, you just go run those expeditions and you'll get plenty of coin. When I hit level 60, I just bought my 590 gear from the, the trade house. No need to grind chests. You get 2k a dungeon, roughly. Oh, that's actually not bad at all. I didn't know that. Um, it's out there. Folks make orbs and get gold for carries. Deadly Dead says, not as much as before. I can make three orbs in a weekend. If I have my company helping me, I could make them in an hour. That st- see, but that still stands. Sounds like a stranglehold. Deadly Dead Gaming, like they improved it, but it doesn't. I don't know. I've seen a guy charge 1.5k people to carry. Oh, really? So he charges them coin. Wow, dudes out here getting 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 wealthy off of having those orbs. You know, orbs handy. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's what you want to see. That doesn't seem like a good. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good result to me. The 24-hour timer. There's a limit of one per day that you can craft. 24-hour timer, at least for the two endgame dungeons. Huh. You have to grind chests for gear because gear that is purchased or given by other players does not increase your gear score watermark. Yeah, you've got to actually farm and get legitimate drops. That's true. Before the grind for orbs is about three orbs a week. Sounds very MMO to me. Yeah, it sounds MMO, but is the community embracing it or rejecting it? Dang, it sounds like an MMO all you want, but if the community's rejecting it, then that's a failure of the game's design. It's one Laz Orb per week and three Genesis Orbs per week, says Troy. Orbs on my server are going for roughly 700 to 700 or 1,000 per person or entry. Thought Laz was one per week cooldown. Yeah, that's what somebody else in chat just said. Troy is saying it's it's one Lazarus orb per week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. <laughs> you only make two thousand because the gear is rare that drops. If more people run it, you won't get two thousand a run. As people gear up, you won't get two thousand per run. The low level dungeons only net you a few hundred, says Aaron. 
The corrupted lodestone was a major pain in the butt to farm for. You would have to farm the corrupted shards. Yo, good morning, Savage Shark Bite. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and debate whether or not they smooth some of it over, but it doesn't sound like it's it's done enough. Like, it's as simple as this. The community's not responding well to the end game being strangled. They're not. Like, you can say, well, that's an MMO for you, or, well, you know, they need it to be a grind, or, well, you know, they need it to last, or people will quit. No, people are quitting already. It's not doing what you want it to do. We've talked about this in other games. Like, any time you're worried that people are going to get something done too quickly and you create all these little snags and these little trip-ups to slow them down, eventually they're going to do the opposite of what you want them to do. Yeah, this will make them play longer. No, it won't. If I sat down with my kids and said, hey, you guys in the mood for some Candyland? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, all right, my wife is at the store for an hour and I need this game of Candyland to last for an hour and I come up with all these elaborate rules and 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 things that, to explain to my kids and I make Candyland last for an hour. Do you want to know what's going to happen after about 15 minutes? They're going to be like, we're done. We don't like this. We want to play something else. Why? Because I'm stretching the game beyond the confines of their expectations. And that is seemingly happening with New World. You're stretching something beyond what people were expecting, and they're just like, I don't want to freaking do this. What What do you mean? I gotta do what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And after that, then what? Oh, no, I'm good. Bye. Or, or, they do what I've always said when I quote Ian Malcolm. Life will find a way. They figure out a way to avoid your stupid arbitrary pain point, and they just do something else. Look at what happened with the leveling. Leveling is kind of a pain. Man, you get into the late game, and my gosh, it's terrible. And what happened? Exploit, exploit, exploit. Strangle and choke the ability for people to earn gold in the late game. And what do they do? They find ways to dupe the gold because they're sick of it. Now what's happening? Well, they're going to try to slow down the elite points of interest to make the expeditions better. And look at what people are doing. They're leaving negative reviews, talking on the forums about how their friends are all not playing. And if you look at the player base numbers, they're telling the truth. They're putting the game down. Why? Because you tried to do the same thing every game in existence has tried to do. You tried to arbitrarily extend playtime and the rubber band snapped. It's like, stretch, stretch, stretch. We can stretch it a little more, can't we? Stretch, stretch, and then bam, the rubber band snaps and people walk. There's a limit. There's just a limit. There's a limit to what people will put up with when they can tell that the systems, it's like you're seeing behind the curtain. You're seeing the Wizard of Oz. You're seeing the man behind the curtain. You're like, I, this, this isn't, I, I can see what you're trying to do. You're trying to slow me down. You're trying to add these hurdles because you don't want me to run things too quickly and get done too quickly. Whether it's the leveling or the arbitrary gates on the expeditions or the drop rates or the watermark or in this case they're like well people found a way to grind stuff in the public well we better slow that down Lauren says grinding endgame dungeons and elite zones to increase your watermark for what you're already doing all the endgame content on offer well because min maxing is a part of the endgame 
you want to capstone your character and the means by which you capstone your character is end game content loops whether it's an elite zone grind pathway route or dungeons expeditions and ideally you would imagine that in about six months there's going to be more content in the game and you're going to be very glad that you min max because you know there'll be new content new expeditions new areas and you'll be glad that you got your character kind of ready for that instead of sitting on the sidelines and not doing anything I mean, the alternative is getting to the end game, getting a max level character and being like, well, I'm done. I don't care about min-maxing. I don't care about capstoning my character. You're, you are more than welcome to be that type of player. Maybe you start a second character. I don't know. But plenty of people that get to end games like this, that's the thing they set their sights on. All right, now that I'm at the end, now that my character's maxed, I want to min-max. I want to capstone everything I can think of. When new content comes, there'll be green loot higher than your 600 gear score. That's an assumption that may end up being correct, but it's not an assumption that we we can concretely predict right now. You could end up being correct in what you're saying. And that doesn't necessarily mean min-maxing is a waste of time. Because then, if you've min-maxed, especially if you've really taken your gear score up, and you've gotten every little box checked, new content drops, you may have a stronger head start. You may be more equipped faster and more expeditiously for whatever the end game content loops are. If there's new dungeons, new expeditions, new areas, new elite spots, maybe maybe there's new open world areas that are ridiculously hard. Well, you're going to be in a position to jump into that stuff earlier. You're going to you're going to be rewarded. It's not like, "Oh yeah, don't wa- don't waste time min-maxing." Why? Well, in 6 months they'll add to the game and then you'll be able to just pick up, you know, 600 gear score stuff in the wild. Well, no, okay, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth min-maxing now. That doesn't mean that min-maxing now won't serve you a good purpose when that new content drops. Horizon Zero Dawn displays fire. Yeah, I picked this one because we had the God of War one that's kind of similar because it uses silhouettes and it just looks so nice with the lighting that I was like, I bet you that that Horizon Zero Dawn one will look good. And, and I was right, it looks excellent in the lighting. I'll admit it's fun feeling of the improved DPS or survivability or do it going through content much faster, not to mention PvP effectiveness. Right, right. And everybody's different, Lauren. There's plenty of people. I'm one of these people, by the way. Okay, so hear me out. I'm not min-maxing. You're not gonna see me min-max. You're not. I'll get to 60. I'll run the end game stuff. I'll get some loot. I'm like, cool. And I'll kinda bide my time until the new content comes out I'll start leveling up my trade skills you know what I'm saying like I'm actually not the kind of player that goes and does all that even though I'll defend the, the you know the legitimacy of playing that way I'll defend the legitimacy of min-maxing and capstoning I will even though I don't do it <laughs> I've just never been wired that way I just I don't know I don't want to do that dude I ain't running 85 dungeons for the right pair of boots like <laughs> that's just not me it's never it's never been me I don't play games that way you're not in a serious PvP grind if you aren't min-maxing right and for many people that's that's the goal is to always be on the front end of that wave for for PvP to go smoother or you know with, with the new world gameplay centering largely around territory control and they're doing this stuff with outpost rush and you know invasions and you know, wars getting declared every, I think what they say, every 48 hours you can be in a war, you know, conceivably. Well, you want to be as good as you can for that. Now, there's plenty of people like me that'll just never do that, and that's okay. The worry would be, the worry would be that based on the mixed reviews and based on the player base numbers, a lot of my theories about how, like, 
the bulk of the player base is mid lane and casual and they're sticking with the game it doesn't it it actually seems like that's true but not true enough the, the the player reduction that we're seeing i think is a sign that more people are getting to the front of the wave and deciding yeah i'm crashing in the water i don't like this you know the end game is not ideal the more people that get to 60 i actually think the more people that get to 50 i think between 50 and 60 there's a drop off probably happening right now there's probably a drop-off happening right now. Folks hitting 50, between 50 and 60. I bet. I bet. Because people are like, ah, yeah, this, is, this isn't this is good. The leveling stinks. So from 50 to 60, there's probably a drop-off. Then you get to 60, and the, the watermark grind is not ideal. And so those people are dropping off too. It's, it's kind of like lemmings, right? If you've got... If you got a thousand lemmings and the front 10% walk way faster and they're falling off the cliff, okay, these guys back here might be walking slower, but they're still heading toward the cliff. So you got to build it out. You got to you got to flesh out this end game. You got to polish this end game, or people are going to just keep falling off the cliff. They're going to get to 50 anywhere from 50 to 60, and they're like, yeah, no, nah, it's in working. I'm 58 and I'm barely making the push through. Right, like, I got into the 50s, and I just gave up. I didn't give up. I just stopped caring about hitting 60. I was like, it's just too slow. I'll get there eventually. So I just started playing very casually. Every day, I was grinding for three solid hours. Boom, boom, boom. Every day, three hours, three hours, three hours. I was doing stuff off stream. I was doing stuff off stream. And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll get there eventually. I'm, I'm done with this. This is just too much of a freaking headache. Is there a code to use for the displays? If you use the displate command and click on that link or click on my displate link below in the description, it'll apply a discount when you check out and I get credit. You can order any displate on the website. It'll take you to like my page with my recommendations. You don't have to order for my recommendations. You can order anything off the site. Just click on my link first. Never mind 60 getting to 200 is the grind. Right, getting your trade, you know, trade skills to 200, sure, sure, sure. I got to 48, says Soldier. I just feel no need to keep going. Character doesn't feel important or powerful. Story's eh. I don't see any content that looks fun or interesting in the future. I actually think the expeditions are really enjoyable. It's just, again, when leveling slows down, I don't know. I think the people having issues leveling are not flagged for PvP. I leveled all the way to 60 uh, flagged and I never had a lull. Yeah, see, but the problem is there was an unnatural amount of people that hit 60 early, so when you flag for PvP now, all you see is max level 60 guys just wanting to grief anybody who's not 60. Every time I see somebody flagged for for PvP, they're 60. So if you're not 60 and you're flagging for PvP, good luck. You're going to get the freaking, you're going to get griefed to heckin' back. Francis says, just got my Frickmas Roast with your goose drawing. Uh, you got some talent, my friend. Oh, you're one of the two. You're there. Are only two people are the lucky ones that got my uh, my goose drawings. Unless you're not interested in leaks, I do some research on the statement you just made about you don't see anything coming. Oh, I know there. I was reading somebody in chat. I know there's stuff coming. The question is, will people come back for it? I think they will, but I don't know, man. It's always better write this down this is this is this is an end game live service rpg mmo anything you want ongoing write this down this should be your philosophy okay 
people are going to take breaks no matter what you'd rather have them take breaks because the game was rewarding and plentiful and they had a great time instead of choking the life out of the end game to where they leave dissatisfied they're gonna take a break no matter what it's all a matter of how they take that break what taste is in their mouth when they step away right instead of 100 hours it takes you 110 flagging for pvp has no actual impact on xp gains it does but it's minimal they've increased it recently eugene they bumped it they did they did bump it i forgot to mention when your frickmas blend came in i got a spider drawing whoever drew that uh freaking amazing i didn't draw a spider it was one of my kiddos unless my wife helped them out i'd love to see it murph if you still have it What have I missed for the New World update? So last week, the New World Into the Void update got pushed out, and the community is not responding well to it. This is the first time the game has received a mixed review on Steam. The total reviews are like a 71% positive. Currently, if you you consult the most recent reviews, right, it's at like a 58. So it's not looking good. And there was negative impact on player-based numbers from where I sit and negative impact on the player's morale in, like, the forums and Reddit. Um, My taste is bitter right now to the game. Exactly. Which makes you less likely to come back when they add content. I'm taking a break. I think my laptop cannot handle it due to the CPU, GPU. Well, I mean, that. yeah, that's a different reason for taking a break, right? Um, Horizon Forbidden West, an authentic world. I'll I'll check that out later, maybe. Um, marketing blitz has started funny literally after we talked about it in regards of Elden Ring right they're, so they're, you think they're marketing blitzing for Forbidden West now I've seen too many guilds die out once their players hit 60 they don't seem to stay engaged after hitting it it speaks volumes to the lack of endgame famous frosty says I was away for a week for work I come back and the marauders were in more in control and now we only have one area and for a big server there wasn't much people either yeah there are servers that are in decline so there's new world population decline so there's there's hope that there'll be new world server migration very soon right because if you're trying to play the game i mean new world gameplay the content loop centers around the fact that like the servers need to have people in them and there needs to be territory swapping and and you know battles and outpost rushes and invasions and wars and if that's not happening because people have left your economy is going to die and then so will your server um, they added the level 64 that dropped 560 to 600 gear I've been farming it for the last week all the people at that spot are ticked now it's like half as generous uh, it was very solo friendly well a farmable, a solo farmable 64 that doesn't sound like that was intended <laughs> I mean, listen, if your farming spot got, got, got blew up, I'm, I feel for you. I do. I I do. I feel, I feel for you, but I just don't think so. You know, I just don't. Um, I, uh, I don't think they can leave stuff like that in the game. You can't, you can't ignore them. Like, nah, that's fine. Eh, You know, just leave it. I'm not saying that that they should have done it I'm saying if you're gonna mess with stuff like that you you gotta buff the other stuff you have to you absolutely have to hmm. 
make sure guys if you're just tuning in we are discussing the new world reviews are in decline take the poll at the top of the chat are you playing the same less are you taking a break or are you walking away uh how do you view it it's about a 70 30 split 30 percent are still playing the same but everybody else is either playing less taking a break or walking away um so be sure to do that if you haven't hit subscribe yet that enables you to talk in the chat if you're a new viewer or a longtime viewer this will be your only stream this week i will be traveling for the holiday so we will be back a week from today normal schedule monday through friday talk shows and gameplay Loving the shirt. Thank you, Dr. Budster. Yeah, this is another really good Christmas shirt from 80s Tees, so be sure to use the shirt command. They've got some great Christmas t-shirts in their Christmas collection, so be sure to check them out. If you're trying to get yourself some good Christmas t-shirts or ugly sweaters or whatever for the upcoming holiday, now is a really good time to order. Make sure and use code LONO. Uh, That'll get you a nice, hefty 30% discount uh, on uh, on on the website. Doing some are good. Yeah, we're going to go hang out with family. My family. Dark roast levels are low. People of Maryland in danger again. Hope USPS comes through soon. <laughs> uh, grew up watching G1 and the Unicorn movie. There you go. I play even more to level up my skills. Yeah, I mean, leveling your skills is certainly a decent little little new world gameplay content loop. I mean, it's not bad. It's It certainly is, you know... It certainly isn't bad. It's just that can't sustain the game. You need to have more than that. Players need to feel empowered to capstone their character. They want to get good loot. They want their gear score to go up. They want to get better versions of their loot once they're all the way at the max gear score. Like, that's the process. Like, don't you see? That's like the usual way that you... like. That's like the common endgame structure. Your character hits max level. Then what do you do? You try to get all your gear at its highest level next. And then after that, you try and get all your gear to be as good as possible for your build. It sort of happens in stages. And when you stick monkey wrenches in that progress to try to slow people down, they're not going to appreciate it. They're going to sense that it's happening. They're going to be like, what are you, why are you doing this? I would just like to play. This is why when I hit level 45 and then 50, I was like, why are you making the leveling so slow and awful? It was terrible. You know? You'll leave us without a talk show for a whole week? I am sorry. I am sorry. I'm not I'm not packing up my stuff and, and streaming when I'm in Ohio anymore. I don't do that. With all the different skills and things that need to be leveled, uh, when would you have time if they blitz you with new content? Well, I don't necessarily think they need to be blitzing us with new content, but... Many people aren't going to care about their trade skills. A lot of people aren't going to focus on their trade skills. There are people right now that will probably never touch some of the trade skills. They just don't care. And to be quite honest, you don't need to. You don't need to. I've got I, I've 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 got a build that I'm happy with and I do well with, and I've earned most of the loot from just playing. I think one person gave me a a a, a, a life staff that I use. You know. And then when I play the dungeons, I mean, I, I, I know we make jokes about Lono gets carried, Lono gets carried, but the fact of the matter is I, I hold my own. I do just fine. I'm not, I'm not getting drugged through the end game, and I've, I've not, I don't feel any reliance on the trade skills. I've ignored a bunch of them. I just don't mess with them. 
So even if they even if they blitz us with new content in a month, my trade skills would still all be in a smattering of levels, and I don't feel like that would interfere with my ability to jump into the new content in any way. I'd be like, all right, let's go. What do you got? New areas, new enemies, new drops, new uh, new expeditions. Cool. Let's let's take a crack at it. You know. Your priorities are messed up, man. What about my needs? It's weird how disconnected the trade skills feel. Like, they have benefits, but they aren't needed. Well, I think that's one of the good things about them, is if they were needed, it'd be overwhelming. You know, it'd be overwhelming if you needed all of them to be be maxed out. Once I max Hatchet and Lifestaff, it becomes a grind to max. I don't see my character being much different after the grind. I mean, there's a big difference between a min-max character and a non-min-max character. I mean, you get your gear score up and you get good drops. I mean, you'll you'll feel it. The question is, you know, do you need to? Well, no, of course not. I think that's every game. We went through the same nonsense in the game that I used to cover. You didn't have to min-max. It wasn't necessary. You could. You could go for the best roll. You could go for the best the best loadout and the best stats. And what did it do? It would shave seconds off of cooldowns. And it never really was that, you know, different, right? It wasn't necessary. However, you start going into PvP and you will feel the difference. Having an extra 5 seconds shaved off of a cooldown is is going to I mean it's going to be nice. Same deal with uh same deal with this game you know pvp new world pvp is a huge aspect of the game and that's why a lot of the min maxing takes place now if you're not getting involved in the pvp and the wars well then i mean that's your own personal preference there's nothing wrong with having that preference by the way it's just you're not going to feel the differences as nearly as much i could solo a lot of the end game areas now i normally couldn't before Deadly Dad says, I'm currently gear score 576. I feel way more powerful than when I was gear score 500. Soldier says, but in the game you used to cover, I would see weapons I wanted and people doing things like raids and dungeons that were super cool. I don't really see that here. Are you kidding me? The dungeons in this game are awesome. I mean, if you don't like them, I'm not going to try and convince you to like them, but I think the expeditions and the dungeons in New World are some of the best content you can play. Complete side note, but you should try to pursue some kind of a partnership with From Software. I got Sekiro and Dark Souls 3 this weekend and really got into them from your From Friday stuff. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. It's very kind. I don't know what I would say. I'm not very, I'm not a very, you know. Let, let's see where the channel is after Elden Ring and maybe we might be able to pursue something, you know. We might be able to pursue something. Um, uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny, Fast Flex. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know when I, when I've played all the dungeons in new world, I've not once felt like this is a total waste of time. I felt like, no, this is good stuff, man. I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed them. They, I think they're well, I think they're well built. I think they're fun. Chess pain says I'm level 28. Uh, I'm playing with different weapons right now. Digging hatchet and fire staff. I've got spear ice gauntlet to 10 out of seven. Oh, I'm sorry to 10 and seven great axe to six. Hatchet and fire staff to ten and seven. Um, I could see you being a new player ambassador for Souls games. Yeah, I mean maybe, maybe. I'd obviously have to tone down some of my critique. <laughs> uh, 
Greetings from software. I'm an average player for, of your game who often refers to it as trash and lazy. What do you think about a partnership? Yeah, I'd have to really dial down some of my criticism because I get pretty, I get pretty amped. <laughs> I get pretty amped, pretty critical, pretty complainy. That's just that's just the process. I get mad, I rage and scream, and then I settle down and beat it. Like every boss is, you know, follows a very similar pattern. Unless it's a boss that I feel like I'm in, I'm very much in control of, um, Dragon Armor and Pontiff and the Twin Brothers, I felt pretty in control. There were issues that I had with each of those fights, but I didn't I wasn't losing my mind like I was with like Cinder and the Dancer. This is why I love ESO because of the dungeons and this orb thing makes it hard uh, to have fun if you're mostly solo, right? Yeah. Complains realizes his equipment. I had every right to complain in Sekiro. There was no way for me to know what in the frick was going on. I mean, I held up the controller to show you guys. I'm like, look. I was like, I'm I, like, watch my hand. I'm not touching anything. Like, something's not worse. Something's not right. And then I looked up PS5 uh, input delay, and one of the first things it says is, if you're doing any kind of pass through, try to remove it because it's going to create input delay. And I was like, oh. Mm-mm. Rick the Mickry counter, by the way. I wonder if that's why the Mickry felt inconsistent. Because I was probably timing it correctly, but I was having input delay, so I wasn't timing it directly. I was losing a frame, and that's all it takes in that game. You lose a frame and you're jacked up. Because, I mean, I was watching that red thing fade. It would fade, I'd hit forward and B, and then I'd get hit, and I'm like, huh? Like, say what? Most Mickrys happen because you're too soon, right? Whenever you hop on, I have two items for you. Okay, okay. East Coast Overload says, I like the combat in New World, but I hate leveling. I'll come back when the leveling is good. I just ran Amrine. I got 200 gold, not 2,000. That's See, Silent Warrior, I thought when they said that, I was like, I've not heard that, dude. If you could get that turnover of gold, then people would just be running that all dadgum day. No, I'm not splitting the signal, Zubair. I'm not, I'm bypassing OBS. So I was going from the PS5 to the capture card to OBS to projecting it on my monitor. We're removing OBS from the equation. So now it goes right through the cap card into my monitor and I wasn't getting any input delay. I literally, that guy right there by the fire, one of the low level guys, I sat there and I deflected probably 20 deflections in a row, no problem. No problem. And, and, and he was getting me just some trash enemy was getting me and I was like this doesn't make any sense he's garbage I should have no problem def- I should be able to deflect him all day long because if you can't deflect the, the, the garbage enemies you're going to get annihilated in that game because deflecting the base level guys is super easy their animations are just they're just like they literally rear their elbow back like every time it's so easy to read it um I think he was saying you could charge that much to carry people. No, 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 no. He's not saying that, Fozzie. Oh, what the guy earlier was saying that? No. He was saying that you get that much from the from running it. If he meant you could charge people that much for running it, ah, what the frick. 2,000 is what folks with an orb are charging to carry you through a dungeon. Yeah. Now that the input delay is fixed, any consideration for revisiting Kana? 
at the very least for just being feeling sorry like I feel bad like I was shredding that game and they certainly had issues with parry that were addressed the parry issues were probably compounding my input delay because like I told you I was like it's random I was like my player just stands there right well she stands there because I'm losing a frame and I'm hitting the button so late that it's like what the frick like I'm not even hitting it basically in the game's mind it's too late I'm getting hit Mm. he makes that much per run because he's charging people that much per run yeah that's stupid that's not that's not a gold that's not a gold farm charging people for dungeon runs is not I'm not I'm not talking about that I'm talking about healthy content loops not not like player opportunism like if like listen if you're charging that and people are willingly paying you then good for you but like New World Into the Void slowed down so many of the endgame grinds people were enjoying. And <laughs> that's an issue, because that's going to cause folks to, you know, you know, it's going to cause folks to walk away. Um, mm, 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 OBS will create input lag for sure if you're watching that output. But to be fair, that's the result of any software processing. Yeah, Alarian, I've done I've done game capture that way for a really long time. But you have to remember, I've not played a game like Sekiro in that way. The only game I've ever played in that way that was giving me that clear problem was Kena, and I assumed it was something in the game. And then there and then there were people in the it, literally in the forums and on Steam complaining about the parry. So I thought, yeah, it's not me, it's not me. The only other game I ever played was Ghost of Tsushima. And there were some times that I played Ghost where I was like, I think I blocked that, or I think I did. But Ghost of Tsushima is just sig- significantly easier. <laughs> it's like, so it's not even comparison. Now, if I would have tried to play Ghost of Tsushima on lethal, we probably would have exposed this problem. Because I'd have been like, I don't understand. I'm, I'm timing the blocks, so, you know, I'm timing the parries. They didn't slow down anything. They just made it so you couldn't craft T1 stuff until you're 200. No, they messed with the the elite farm, the point of interest farms. The New World elite farms have been messed with, for sure. Definitely, we're talking milliseconds of delay, so you'll only notice it if you need to hit super tight windows on inputs. Right. Also, why I was playing Kana on a harder difficulty and wasn't experiencing any of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also played after they fixed the parry window too, Eugene. There was something with the parry window that was weird. And if you take that weirdness and then you add input delay, I'm never going to get consistency. Even Barrier had issues with parry and then they patched it. So you kind of had you kind of had two, two things in your corner. Number one, they had patched parry. And number two, you weren't watching an OBS feed like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you had two things in your corner to have a better experience with Kana. Uh, unpopular opinion new world is completely soulless it's less than anthem I don't agree with that I don't agree with that I don't think it's completely soulless the content loop is obviously listen we wouldn't be having this discussion and the player base wouldn't have lasted as long as it has if if your if your opinion was was accurate you're welcome to having that opinion and saying I think this game's soulless I prefer anthem but the player base numbers are in a stark you know contrast of difference there this is the first time I've been like, okay, these player base numbers are concerning. Primarily concerning because they just pushed out an update that was supposed to make people kind of like 
get excited again. <laughs> yeah, my Dark Souls was on PC, and I never had issues with Dark Souls not not responding. The only time I had issue with inputs in Dark Souls was during the Cinder fight because of the hills. That's a known thing. Ashen will tell you the Cinder fight is known for that. That was the only time I was like, what the frick's going on? I pressed the button. There was one other time I freaked out and got really angry about like, I clicked dodge and it was during the twin brothers and I was out of stamina and I didn't realize it. It, I would say 90% of my Dark Souls playthrough, I was more irritated by either stun lock or camera. I never was like, I'm pushing the button. What the frick? The only time I said that was when it was in the twin brothers fight because I didn't realize I was out of stamina. And then it's like a known thing in the cinder fight. If you're just on like uneven ground, it can literally not accept your input because it sees you as being sort of like in the air. It it misreads your, your interaction with the geography. So I started staying on the flat areas to get more consistent, um, uh, button responses. And then it was fine. Like watch me dance circles around Pontiff Sullivan to see, like I wasn't having any input problems at all. People are like, yeah, Pontiff's going to be really hard without Perry. Yeah, watch me almost beat in my third try. Like, <laughs> watch me. <laughs> without Perry. Can confirm, Tiny Bumps and Cinder are annoying, and they mess with dodges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only time I, I experienced that pretty consistently. That one time he, he got me with the lightning, my dude just stood there. I was like, what the frick? Like, and that was what it was. I was, just, I was standing on something uneven, and it like didn't register the dodge. Matthew says, healers are really upset right now. The armor thing is understandable, but they nerfed the range of the 25 meter, which makes them extra squishy. Also reporting of mana an issue in the patch. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm playing Dark Souls 3 with mouse and keyboard. Wish me luck. I'm surprised they pushed out this update when they had just released the fix to the TP the, uh, the day before. It felt rushed. I'll admit, I'll admit that the New World Into the Void update, what, 1.1, I'll admit it felt rushed. It felt like, man, this is massive to shove in the game all of a sudden. It kind of came out of nowhere, you know? The bi- there was no buildup. There was no hype. There was, it was just the day before, and then it was in the game the next day. As a healer, I've not noticed too much of a difference. I didn't really have time to do a lot of testing because there was other things going on that we had to cover. So I just I just didn't feel like fiddling with, you know, logging in and, and testing things out. Um, uh. <laughs> One out of two. Thanks, man. Oh, man, that's great. Um, looks uh, dope. <laughs> uh. Mm-mm-mm. Uh. Didn't they have these changes in the PTR for a little bit? Isn't that the point of the PTR? What was the boss that made you stop Demon Souls? Tower Knight. I got I I I got through the whole opening area and I got to Tower Knight. And I couldn't beat him. And then people are like, oh, go back. And then there's another area you can go to. And the tutorials are still on the ground. Like, they hadn't even taught me backstab yet. So you have to go back to that room and go to the next area. And there's like these dogs and these undead dudes like mining or something, right? 
And so people were like, yeah, this will be a more linear progression. They're like, Tower Knight's sort of a mid-game boss. Like, in a lot of people's minds that have played through Demon Souls completely, they're like, if you're experienced, sure, you can go and fight Tower Knight. But he's sort of seen as a mid-game boss. You're not necessarily supposed to fight him right after the opening area. You're supposed to go back to that one spot, and you go to the next, like, tablet, and it takes you to, like, a real fiery... Like, look, it looks like a hot, dry area. And there's, like, these dogs and these, like, undead dudes, like, mining. And they teach you how to, like, backstab. He's easy. I think you got bad intel. No, I didn't get bad intel. These were experienced players saying, you can fight him. They're like, you just have to kind of, like, roll behind him, which I'm a more experienced player now. I could probably go beat him. But they were like, he is sort of seen as a mid-game boss. You don't have to fight him right now. So... Demon Souls was the easiest of all the games. I felt it was a bit too short. Um, Tower Knight's like fighting the dancer early. Yeah, yeah. You, if you go and fight him as an exp- like you just beat Sekiro, Eugene. Like if you go in there and fight him as somebody who you kind of have your legs in there in From Software's universe. Sure, Demon Souls was like the first game I had ever played. I played that before I played Dark Souls Three, I think. And I was like, what the frick am I supposed to do against this guy? So I ran around the upper area, killed everybody, went down on the ground and tried to get behind him and just couldn't do it. And then people were like, oh wait, you're supposed to go to the next area if you want a more linear experience. And so I did, and then it was time for the stream to be over, and then that was before we even had a concept for From Friday, so I was like, I don't really feel like going back to that game right now. You just stay behind him, hit his ankles, he falls, and you kill his head. Yeah, I just... I only tried him like two or three times, Eugene. I only tried him like two or three times. And then people were like, oh, you need to go to the next area. And then we were out of time for the day. And then I was like, okay, that's good enough. We mainly played it, I think, to show it off. To like show off the, the remaster. To You know, we were... Back then, we were kind of view farming. Like if something new dropped, we would just play it on gaming because we were primarily covering Destiny. So we would come over here and just view farm. We would just play whatever's relevant. Well, I wasn't going to try and go the distance with Demon Souls back then. I was like, here it is. Here's the remaster. Here's how beautiful it is. All right, I'm out of here. Like, I had no plans to play that long term. We came up with the idea of From Fridays because we looked back at SNTR Gaming and we were like, the Dark Souls and the Demon Souls were our, were our most watched streams. They were, they were in like the top five. And I was like, well, frick, those are really old games to pull that kind of viewership. So we, we came up with the idea of From Fridays. Like, if Elden Ring's going to be as good as it is, and I did feel like I had the chops to get good at these games, I was like, I had people telling me that I was doing well for a first-timer. Let's let's commit to it. You know what I mean? We play that after Sekiro for From Friday? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what we'll do. What makes your displays color pop so much? I want to get some, but they all seem dull in comparison. Yours look next level on stream. Homie, I got LED lights pointed directly at them, and I got them, I got, I got uh, LED lights on the wall to give the glow behind. If I turned the, if I turned the lights off, they wouldn't look the way that they look. I have them front lit with, um, with these. So these are meant, you can hang them or a lot of people prop them like this and and put them in front of their house around the holidays. 
And so I use this controller here and I can select the colors and the brightness. So I have I have three LEDs pointed bing up at the wall and then I've got lights behind them to give you that green glow, that green outline. So that's why they look so good. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Imagine if you had them frontlit with the BenQ light. With the BenQ light wouldn't work for that. It wouldn't. It's just a, it's just a it's just a basic light. It's not meant for that kind of thing. The color combo also helps the red pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I've I've played I've played around with this to get this to look really, really good. I've tried all kind of different colors. Blue, red, and purple tend to look the best. If we get into the brighter colors like like um like the yellow and the oranges and the greens, that doesn't look good on the wall. Now that now the outline color, I if I can get the if I can get the remote to do it. It's hard to do it. I can change the outline color to other colors. Um, there we go. There's yellow. There's all kind of different. Like, I feel like green's the best because it gives like a, it gives a like a really really good contrast. So I, I've I have grown fond of doing green when I have this when I have this combo up. Green I just feel like looks the best whenever we whenever we uh, have this set up. People are so driven away from making orbs as leveling uh, profession is a massive grind. It'll take time for people to try and explore the concept again. Have you thought about the early, uh, either of the Neo games? Not really. No. No. How much is it to have you come and install them in our homes? A million dollars. Hmm. 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 The frustrating part's the bridge. You've also got not patient. It also helps that now you don't have a time limit. Patient. What are you talking about, Ashen? Oh, because I can like keep going back? Is that what you mean? Uh SNTR Lighting Services LLC. Right, right, right. Yeah. That that, that can be our secondary that can be our secondary way of making some income here. <laughs> uh Guys, as a reminder, uh, this will be our only stream this week because of the holiday. I will be traveling. Uh, coffee orders are no are not working for the rest of this week. There really wasn't a reason to accept orders if we couldn't ship them out. We will be able to take orders once again next week, a week from now. Hopefully, you're able to stock up. Um, and we uh, we will obviously continue the normal schedule next week. Um, yeah, and you get mad, but you accept it as part of the experience. Right. What? Oh, okay. We'll do it for a million, but I'll cut you guys a sweet deal for 500k. <laughs> you mean the lighting company that started as a coffee company that started as a streamer? There you go. Um, to be fair, I just came off bosses like Owl, Demon of Hatred, Tower Knight was kind of free. Uh, so was the Armored Spider. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when you come off of a like a when you come off of a of a more challenging game, especially right at the end, it's going to be really really easy. Now, going from the end of Dark Souls into Sekiro was a lot harder. I Dark Souls doesn't prepare you for Sekiro. If anything, it makes you it makes you a bad Sekiro player. Cuz I wanted to dodge everything. Um, the people that will stick around in this game are the ones that have the patience to interact with all the areas of New World 
and are not put off by the grind. It's like this in every MMO. Yeah, but I, I think the problem with what you're claiming is I don't think we can ignore the very, very committed players that are leaving feedback and saying, like, the, you, you've, you've made the end game worse. You've made things slower. We, we don't like this. You've, you've, you've kind of betrayed our commitment to the game. I, I don't know. I don't see it that way. I do think there are people that like the game so much, they're just going to keep playing no matter what, right? They're just going to keep playing no matter what, but that's, that is not exactly the, the same as... like There are people in your category that love the game, that have put up with the grind, that have put in the time, and have had a great time, and they feel like their most recent update was was not good. It didn't... It, did, it, it, dec- it, it, it demotivated them from playing, Right? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It, it, uh, you know, e- even, even today, even today, this video, uh, you know, interest is waning. This, this video should be performing much better today. And it's not, it's not, you know, and that's worrying. That's worrying. It's like, you know, the luster's fading, man. The paint's getting chipped and, and people aren't, you know, taking an interest. There are plenty of times where I covered that other game and when things were going bad and people were irritated and we were in a lull, we did just fine with people tuning in and caring. And that's not happening. You know, it's worrying. It's worrying. We've 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 planted a lot. We spent a lot of time in this game. We've we've planted a flag in it and uh, they got to get things. They got to get things going right. They got to get people interested again. They got to I, I think they got a long way to go on the end game. Right. Is that because it's a holiday week? It's possible, Sinos. It's possible. It is. Because the day the, the day the update went out, interest was high. But boy, oh boy, dude, I'm watching those player numbers in the reviews and saying, uh, you, you, you turned some folks away, you know. People are retroactively changing their reviews to negative based on the November patch. But the thing is, many of the changes they hate were bugs. They were still stuck... Uh, but we're still stuck with the bad review, right? And I, and that's and that's and that's fair, Jay Stubbles. That is fair. That like you're still stuck with some of the bad reviews because of bugs, but the most recent reviews are mixed. So overall, the game has a as a seventy one percent. But when you look at the most recent reviews, it's like a fifty eight. And then I looked at the player base numbers and I thought, man, Into the Void should have really turned things up, not not down, like. The player base numbers should have gone up over the weekend, in my estimation. They just shove a brand new weapon in the game and big, huge changes, and the player base just didn't respond. They didn't. That I would have imagined that update hits on a Thursday, word of mouth, marketing, and everything else, and then boom, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you would have seen a slight uptick, and we saw the inverse. That doesn't mean the game's in trouble or is dying. It's just it means that Into the Void did not pull what it what it what they hoped it would do. I, I, I I'm not. I want to be fair here. I don't think that like one bad update or one one decline in morale means like oh yeah the game eh, this game's this game's over and done with. But it's like boy oh boy you guys just hit some rocks. You know you know boat boats taking on some water here. You you got time to fix it, but. You got it. You got to fix it. You know, DLC is only fun if it's connected to a story that you care about. 
Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know if in games like this that's always necessary. It certainly helps, but I don't think I, I don't want to say it's a necessity. Um, what was your favorite Decepticons? Mine was Megatron and Shockwave. Uh, I actually don't know, man. When I was growing up, we would play with the toys at a friend's house, so we didn't have the toys ourselves. So it was, you know. We would go to a friend's house to play with them. Um, no. The only factor uh, that is playing into this, uh, some servers have died off so hard that when players look for people to do endgame stuff, uh, they have no one available. Right. Server migrations. So here, I'll go on record as to saying, I think they should have held off on Into the Void and they should have prioritized server migrations. I think that would have been a better order. Now, server migrations may not be in the cards anytime soon, so that might be too tall of an order to be like, oh yeah, you gotta wait on this big update you've been working on and do server migrations instead. But from where I sit, you would do server migrations first and get people into a healthy place and then drop all this stuff. Now, maybe they were concerned that Into the Void was going to suddenly cause like a resurgence of, of people playing and then you'd server migrate, and then you'd have servers that would be overpopulated. So, maybe they wanted to hold off, like, hey, let's see what Into the Void does. Well, Into the Void clearly did not reinvigorate the player base. So, I think next order of business is server migrations. As well as, I think they've got to they've fix this endgame content loop. Don't, don't slam shut the elite farm that people were doing, and then... You slam that door shut, and then you're like, oh yeah, we'll do expeditions over the next months. What? Like, that's that's not encouraging to read. You know what I mean? It came cl- too close to the last dupe issue we fixed, but that bug left a bad taste in people's mouths. Well, and that was after one had already happened prior to that as well. So it kind of started to feel like every week, what was the new thing that was going to, you know, shut down the trade house? Which is irritating for everybody. It's probably irritating for the developers, and then it's irritating for the community as well. The elite chest being nerfed was a bug. It was stated by our CM on the forum. Yeah, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make it any better, right? So they acknowledge expeditions are rough. the 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 content loop for expeditions, so New World expeditions, not not where they want to see them. They make some changes to the tuning orb. Apparently, it's still pretty lengthy to do the tuning orbs. So people are like, this route is better. This route's more effective. If you're going to shut down a route that's effective, even if it's a bug, okay, nobody doing that felt like they were taking advantage of a bug or an exploit. I've got news for you because it was very specific. It was like, you had to get a sweet spot number of people. You had to make sure you went in a certain route. You had to make sure you got so many hits. Like, it, it, there's no way anybody looked at that as like, oh, this is definitely a bug. They're like, no, this is this is the most effective route. This is the most effective path. If you're going to shut that down, maybe not, I, w- I shouldn't say shut it down. If you're going to weaken the efficiency of that, that should come coupled with expeditions getting some love instead of a promise that like expeditions will get better over the course of the changes they implement. And they said over the next couple of months. And I'm thinking, wait, what? There's no harm in letting people run that route then. Like, 
if they do it and they get everything that they're supposed to and then they take a break at least they were satisfied I think chasing an ideal of variety is a danger like we want players running through a variety of content and everybody's basically doing this okay it's okay to have an ideal your ideal being like we want people doing you know a mix of these things that's fine you can have that That, that's a good ideal to strive after but if you're going to strive after that ideal you have to have a multifaceted update not a one-sided update I completely agree with what you said Genesis and Lazarus are most beneficial 580 plus gear score and many people aren't there yet so endgame expeditions just aren't as worth and now uh, Merc is near impossible Speaking of expeditions, what's your current relationship status with Outriders? So, Outriders, I think, was a great quality of life update. Certainly a reason for people to go back and play if they want a legendary farm, because the removal of the timer is nice. You can you can get a junk ton of your transmog filled out simply by playing. But I didn't see a reason for me to, put, to spend a, uh, a disproportionate amount of time, because there wasn't really... The, the new content was nice but there was no new loot, right? Um, If there's no new loot, then you're just sort of running content for the sake of running content. If that makes sense. Like, you're running the Outriders endgame stuff for... You're you're running it for legendaries that maybe you never got because you gave up. Or you're running it just to fill out your transmog transmog encyclopedia. I just didn't see a reason to keep going because... It didn't seem like there was anything we could do with it day to day. Uh, and I don't think the community responded that strongly to it. Um, well, I stand corrected. It's slowly growing. Good for them. Wow. Okay. So this is actually encouraging for Outriders. Tuesday, you know, they were getting a 6,000 player peak, then a 7,000 the next day, 7,500, then 8,000 then 9,000, and then over the weekend, a 10,000 player peak on Steam. So they've seen a slow increase in people coming back to the game. That's probably pretty encouraging. Now, I don't think that will last for very long, um, because there's still not much there, right? But there are probably people coming back and saying, oh, it's fun to fill out my transmog encyclopedia, my transmog collection, and I can now more effectively grind for legendaries because they removed the timer and they people took a big break and now they're coming back and experiencing the increased legendary drop rate, right? People grinding out the transmog gear, um, all you have to do is give people something to do, right? Um, all my friends were addicted to Outriders, felt burned by the game and didn't even give a crap about this update. I mean, if Steam's looking that good, obviously you would think that the consoles would have similar growth patterns. Again, I don't see it lasting because there's just not much there. I would imagine that one to two more weeks of steady numbers and maybe a little bit of growth, and then it'll probably go right back down again. Because people will be like, okay, this is nice. I'll, I'll, uh, I look forward to the expansion, and then that'll kind of be the end of it for a lot of folks. This is why New World's not in trouble. Uh, there's a mountain of things to do, they just have to get the cornerstones of the game heading in the right direction by February 1st. Well, and and they have to... I think one of the challenges when you lose people in the end game is, is how do you get them back? Right? How do you get them back? Because 
fixing the end game might be enough. I almost feel like you have to fix the end game and add something at the same time. New World's following in the steps of Conqueror's Blade that I sunk 4.5 thousand hours into it. In the end, I had to walk away after accumulating 13 million gold, being probably one of the most wealthy players, because I realized that even the devs didn't have a clue uh, what they were doing. I don't think the devs don't have a clue what they're doing. I think their inexperience with like endgame MMO design is 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 kind of coming to the surface. But I don't think it means they don't know what they're doing. Um, I if you want to bring back people to this game that walked away because of the endgame problems that we've outlined this morning, I think you have to do a giant quality of life pass on the endgame, and then you got to add an expedition. That's what I think. I think you got to add one expedition. You know, don't, don't don't worry about adding a new weapon. You know, do a really really good quality pass on the end game, and then add an expedition. And that should be enough to bring a lot of these people back. What's this February first date all about? I've heard it mentioned a couple times, but I don't understand the significance. So as soon as you get into February of next year, there's a lot of stuff launching. It's going to get really really thick in the gaming world. And there'll be a lot of people taking breaks from New World around that time. Whether it's for Elden Ring or Destiny. Late March, you get Lost Ark coming excuse me, Lost Ark coming out. Um you know, Final Fantasy Endwalker is in December, is it not? That could also affect some of the player base numbers of this game. Especially if people feel they're being motivated to take a break or like wait for things to improve. Um they're adding an expedition, though. It's called Isabella's Lair, and it's located in the Shattered Mountain. Do you know when they plan to add that, Deadly Dad Gaming? Have they stated it, or, or have they even hinted at a time where that'll that'll get added? By the way, if you're just tuning in today, we are discussing that New World reviews are in decline, uh, and that the New World Into the Void update had an inverse effect on the game I'm not I'm not like ringing the alarm bells it's a little concerning I think they've got work to do the player base numbers dropped along with the reviews in response to the into the void update which we wanted to see the diff we wanted to see the opposite I wanted to see the player base numbers come up a little bit uh, instead of go down um, so we uh we don't. I don't buy into game is dead, game is dying. I don't buy into that mantra. Um, I've always felt that games, as long as people are complaining and discussing and getting angry, then you have a player base. If people stop doing that, then that's a concern. That's what they're hinting at when they're talking about adding expedition updates. Well, okay. I would think, again, again, to me, if they want, right now, if I were to speculate about the spectrum of players that have left, they're in the 50s and up, and they've got lots of time, and they're more endgame focused. So if you do a big quality pass on the endgame and fix a lot of the frustrations that people have outlined, and they can get back to grinding and get back to looting... If you did that, coupled with this new expedition, that would bring people back. I think it would. Um, I think they're facing two dilemmas then. 
if they do server mergers, they're going to have to target servers that are in dire need of them and stay away from servers that are in the mid to high population numbers because if you don't, you're going to server merge and then you're going to convince everybody to come back and then you might end up having population problems again. This song reminds me of Magic Sword song. I can't hear it. Um, this one with all the clapping? Really? I don't hear it. Um, I miss being able to play Magic Sword. I wish they would whitelist their stuff on YouTube. They did it on purple, but they over here they they take your ad revenue. Their their label does. I'm like, I'm not giving you my freaking ad revenue. Oh, the last one before this one. Okay. They gutted mages, which just really saddened me. I'm sticking around and just doing trade skills until they hopefully change it for the better. Yeah, keep in mind, that's true. What Elarian is saying is true. The thing they said about expeditions is, uh... It's it's linked to them saying in the next couple of months. I don't know, man. Holy cow, most 29% will stop playing New World. Well, out of the ones taking the poll, 565 people... 28% 28% are playing the same, so that's basically 30. It's a 70-30 split. So 70% of the people taking the poll are either playing less, taking a break, or walking away. And that's if they're actual players. Some of the people taking the poll might not be players. I don't think we gutted mages, says J-Subs. Uh, I was three-shot by Firestaff all day in OPR yesterday. I think it more depends on build. Yeah, I remember looking at the Firestaff and thinking that there was still... There was still plenty. There was still plenty for them to to build into, right? Mm. The biggest the biggest nerf was to the damage from the ice pillar or whatever it's called. Like when you would come out of the ice tomb, the entombed or whatever. That was the biggest nerf that we saw, and that was arguably probably too high anyway. This is a passive defensive ability that gets to do a ton of damage when you come out of it. I mean, it it probably did need to be, you know, tuned down a little bit. (laughs) You know? You just hit 200 smelting. Hey, good work. Good work. I just couldn't bring myself to focus too much. Um, I don't know. Just hit, uh, I just didn't feel like doing a lot of that stuff. Doing the doing the 200 grinds. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter to me. I was having fun without it. You know what I'm saying? I'll, and, and to me, that's like rainy day. That's like rainy day grind. You know, we need something to do. We're kind of bored. You know, whatever. We'll run around and we'll we'll do some of the some of those some of those grinds and some of those um, some of those trade skills. I don't I don't feel particularly pressured um, to to do to do that stuff right now. Asmodium. Let me see the name Asmodine. Isn't Asmodine from the Wheel of Time? I've only watched the pilot episode of Wheel of Time on Amazon and uh, I thought they did a great I thought they did a great job with it. Apparently 
they're working on season two and they're already booked for season three so I, I'm excited I, I think they can pull it off they made some changes that I thought were really stupid but overall I thought the casting was good and the art direction was good um, I've not watched the second and third episodes just yet playing lumberjack today made about a thousand gold so far this morning yeah that's always I, I that would be satisfying too to like lean into certain trades and try to make money you know like try to use that trade house you know find an area that's got really good stuff and try and sell it wheel of time based on the books yes yes it's based on the books yep 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 yeah, they made a change in the first episode that I wasn't too fond of. I was like, wait a minute, this person wasn't married at the beginning in the books. Um, it is, it's just so unnecessary. There's also some, some, uh, there's also these, these two people sleep together and I'm fairly certain that's not in the beginning of the wheel of time. Again, they're, they're taking some, some liberties with like romance angles. And I always think that's so cheap and so easy to just add romance angles. It's like, Okay. In any case, in any case, I still feel like they did a great job. I think the casting is excellent. And uh, the special effects were about as good as I would hope. And then, like, the costuming for some of the... They're like, you know, like, animal-like beasts that show up. I think they they did an adequate job. They weren't bad and they weren't phenomenal but they were like okay that's fine like I was good with it Mm-mm. gotta hook people early but they don't even show anything that's what was so stupid about it it wasn't like uh, this hot steamy scene with with a bunch of skin it was like it was kiss 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 and then insinuated and I was like what the frick we didn't need that that's not what that's not what happens in the book I don't know. I, I disliked it for, for, for really, really long character arc reasons. I was like, that's not what the people that live in this town would have done. It, it's not faithful to the people that live in the opening town, but whatever. I can get over it. I can get over it because everything else was fine. Yellowstone's the best show on TV right now. I've heard good things about Yellowstone. I have. I have heard good things. I don't feel a connection to the world, the story, or the characters in New World. I hope they come out with a roadmap soon. P.S. Uh, I still got my money's worth and will come back. Uh, I need to start Wheel of Time this week. Yesterday I rented No Time to Die on Amazon. Great bomb film and send off to Craig. Oh, it's rentable on Amazon? Okay. My wife and I might watch that tonight then. My wife was bent about the exact same thing. Oh, is she familiar with the books, Creature? I was irritated. I was like... I told my wife, I said, this has the potential to be the next Game of Thrones, and they don't have to do any of that. It's not It's not in the books. Now, there's definitely some weird customs in the books. There's some people they're going to encounter later where, like, the women sit around, like, naked in these steam houses. But there's never descriptive, like, it's not done in, like, a sexual way. So, like, I'm thinking, they'll be able to do those scenes, and they don't have to show a bunch of stuff. Like, it doesn't need to be, like, a giant, like nudity scene they can show they can have some of those later later customs and scenes and stuff and not make it like mature rated right now it's rated for 16 and up and i'm like just keep it that way it's great story great fantasy you don't need all that i don't need that thrown in every other episode like they did in game of thrones she's a big fan 
Yeah, I was telling my wife, I was like, that doesn't happen in the book. It's so unnecessary. Not only is it unnecessary, I think it messes with the character arcs. Um. Yeah, it wasn't anything. Yeah, my wife's like, are you going to show something or not? Yeah, it wasn't even like that. It was, I don't know. But it's rated 16 and up. It's not like it's rated mature and like they dangled the possibility that you might see like a boob or something. It was just like, what is this? This is stupid. Well, plenty of people want to see that, babe. <laughs> That's true, true, true. No, I've not watched Arcane. Uh-uh. I, I've, I've heard it's gotten great ratings, though. Especially that they already started changing stuff. Customs of the Village. This guy, parents uh, wife, Matt's character. I felt like Matt was fine. I actually thought the casting for Matt, Perrin, and Rand is perfect. I think the casting's perfect. Um, Rand should be the tallest in the village, but he's not. Right. I, I can overlook little things like that, though, because if he's the right guy for the part, then it's okay that he's not necessarily a towering giant. He's got the hair. I think he's got the look. I think he's a good actor. I think you have to go. Sometimes they probably they probably were torn. They were like, well, we got to go with this guy. He's the right fit, but he's not quite tall enough. Yo, it's good age, Natwood. The energy uh, from different streamers is so nasty. Gladlone is so level-headed. Is he even playing Souls games? Even when I play a Souls game, I'm not nasty. I can be a little snippy, but I'm not, like, unkind. Matt has been recast for Season 2. Did they explain why? Matt's uh, mischievous like a child. They portrayed him like an a-hole who just throws barbs because he likes them. No, he was bad in the beginning. What are you talking about? He's bad in the beginning. He's not a, he's not a nice dude at the beginning of the books. He's all about gambling and he's reckless. He's not a very good dude in the beginning. To be fair, you said thing about mamas. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I didn't feel like they they, they messed Matt up. I didn't feel like cuz his interactions with Payton Fane that, that sounded that was like, "Oh, that's how Matt was in the beginning." He was kind of gray. He was kind of, you know, he was good and bad. He seemed like he had a good heart, but he had a bad streak to him. Because I think early on, I remember like you weren't sure if Matt was going to do the right thing or or be a good guy. And suddenly he starts having the memories and starts helping with certain things, and you're like, okay, he's he yeah. I think I think they were fi- I think what they did with him was okay. Yeah, and the Neve is great. I think I think the Neve's casting was great. Uh, Egwene's casting is very good. Not bad, he's just mischievous like pranks. As a non-reader of the series, I found the show to be awesome. Well, that's good to hear, Christina, because I'm curious what non- non-readers non will think. Like, is the story interesting enough, right? He's mischievous and always pulls stunts. But I swear to you, in the beginning, I've not read the book one in a, in a long time, Robert, so I may be speaking out of turn here, but I swear to you, in the beginning... He was all about money and he was all about gambling and and he did things that were questionable. He wasn't just like mischievous haha prank pulling. He did things that were questionable because all he cared about was money. And you weren't sure if he was if he was going to be a good guy or not. He was a question mark in the beginning. At least I, I at least that's what I thought. 
I thought my reading in the beginning, my memory of Matt was that, yeah, that's pretty accurate to how he was. Very driven by money, not necessarily trustworthy. Amazon Reader, uh, but I have the commentary of my wife who reads them like twice. Right, right, right. As someone who's not read the books, it's kept me captive and I felt it was well done. I hope the show pulls enough interest to keep going with hopefully a bigger budget. Talking about Han Solo? (laughs) Shut up, Pico. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think it has the potential to be, you know, a 10-season long series and be super popular if they play their cards right. Because the story is insane. The story is awesome. I think people that like fantasy, I think people that like anime will like it. Because some of the story arcs and some of the crazy junk that happens, it has a very, like anime feel to it very you know epic fight dragon ball z kind of a vibe i think i think folks will dig it from all walks if they just if they pull it off and keep it good keep production high good casting i i think they've they easily could bank 10 seasons out of that show if they do one season per book it's 14 I might get a little long in the tooth. I mean, the Aes Sedai are supposed to look ageless. That's going to be tough for some of these characters because they're going to age. I mean, there's there's CGI and makeup, so who knows? But the Aes Sedai are supposed to be like literally like beautiful, ageless women, and that might get tough, you know, 14 seasons deep. <laughs> uh. What series? Wheel of Time on Amazon. It's based on a very great and highly praised fantasy novel series. Robert says he was a typical teenager who goes from a village uh, to a town, and in the village, uh, he flowers, he flowers dogs to make them appear like ghosts. In town, he attracted to in drinking and gambling as a teenager would be. I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm willing to look past it, Robert, because I think he, they have to. I think it's easier in a book to make his recklessness meet more subtle, and in the series, they have to be like, no, he's reckless. They have to make it abundantly clear to you that, like, he's the reckless guy in the group. You got the brute, you got the strong, broody brute, you got the, the the sort of mysterious lead, and then you got the reckless guy. Like, they have to make it very clear. I think it's harder without a book to make that stuff clear, so maybe they're going to step very strongly in the direction of, like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's reckless. That's very important to his character arc. I hope they don't butcher it too much. Right. Same. Same, 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 same. Because they could they could certainly take lots of liberties as it continues and it'll irritate fans. They'll be like, what the frick? Why'd you do that? I don't know which one of them is the dragon. You have to figure that out. You have to watch and see. I think they make it pretty obvious very soon. If, if not from the first episode, but, you know. I was waiting so long, the show already flopped once. Uh, when did it flop? Did they try to do like a cartoon or something? It's. I thought it was in production limbo, ownership limbo for a really, really long time, and then Amazon scooped up the rights, and I think they did it in response to Game of Thrones. They already started changing big things. I've not watched episodes two and three, so I'll have to revisit my thoughts after that, so... I'll have to revisit my thoughts after that. I only watched episode one, and I was like, this is a great start. I'm, I'm satisfied as a fan. Irritated at some of the liberties, 
but I can look past it because they're going to do that. They're not going to do a one-to-one production. I know that. There was a pilot episode many years ago that went into limbo because of rights. Oh. I watched the three episodes available. It's reasonably close to the books. Not super close, though. That's what I mean. Like, as long as the trajectory stay intact, I'm just going to accept the fact that, like, there's going to be liberties that irritate me. Like, it's not a spoiler. You, you, you know within two minutes. Perrin having a wife, I was like, the frick? I was like, what? But then I just got over it. I was like, whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. I think the world's... I think New World is declining because you can't log on without another game breaking bug or reason the economy is shut down. The game needed more time. I know that. That that definitely turned people off. Into the Void turned people off for different reasons, though, EJ. Someone just bought the rights and then they held on to it because they didn't... because he didn't want comp. That really threw me. I was bad. I was baffled. I literally had to Google it, Tank. I was like, "Wait a minute! He does not have a wife at the beginning." Because, again, his character arc. I, I think that that's important. But whatever. Yeah, exactly, Christina. Exactly. But when they change underlying stuff, that holds a lot of the story together. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. It was so strange. Uh, I was trying not to put spoilers <laughs> in the thing, whatever. Um, they don't even make him all that affected emotionally after. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It it seemed it seemed like a strange enforced thing. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I can get over it. Even though Perrin's one of my favorite characters, I can get over it. I can get over it. I was, uh, I'm not going to get hung up on it. Uh, hang on a minute. I think they wanted to be quiet and broody, and this was like a good reason to make him quiet and broody right off the start. Like, I think that's what they wanted for him. They want a quiet, broody dude. That's what he, he's supposed to be, like, the strong, silent type. And so they're, they're creating an arc to, so that, that you're like, oh, I get it. You know, he's going to be the quiet, broody guy for, you know, the, the duration of the show or whatever. If they ruin the show like they did Game of Thrones, I'm going to be ticked. You would think... You would think that they're going to learn from Game of Thrones and they're going to avoid doing, like, massive stupid decisions, but I don't know. I just wonder how they're going to handle things when he's actually... Yeah, so I was, again, I was trying to avoid significant story arc things that haven't happened yet. I don't see how they ruined Game of Thrones. Oh, last season's hated. What are you talking about? 
Yeah. There are 14 books in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't read the books, but I enjoyed the last seasons. I know people that didn't even read the books that thought the ending, the, the, the last season was terrible and awful. It all led to nothing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, they're, apparently they're already working on season two. They're booked for three. Creature says they're booked out for five. I, I that's that's crazy to me, but that means they're confident in it. It's kind of stupid. His arc's about falling for someone and then trying to save her. That'll be stupid in this be- with this beginning. No, it won't. No, it won't because that's so long from now, Robert. It's not like he's going to turn... It's not like he's going to walk down the road and suddenly be in love. Like, it takes a super long time to get there. It's not... Like I said, it's not like he's going to, like, leave the leave hometown and, like, all of a sudden be in the next town and be... And it, it takes a long time. It's many, many... Because he, he's different by the time that happens. I thought leading to nothing was the point of Game of Thrones. All the politics and character assassination, but nothing ever really progressed. I mean, I am not equipped to talk about how bad that last season is. I'm not equipped, because I didn't watch it. So, The general consensus, even from the actors themselves, was that the final season was friggin' terrible. So, I don't know. You're not in good company if you think the final season of Game of Thrones was good or fine. Like, you're not in good company. You're in a very, very small group. (laughs) It'll take one year. So kind of fast if you lost your wife. Well, but we don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, it, it, uh, they acted like he had just gotten married and with their customs, I don't know. A year, a year is a really long time given everything that happens, too. You know what I'm saying? He changes a lot. The last three episodes of the final season were two seasons smashed into three episodes because those two guys wanted to go do Star Wars. <laughs> right. There's literally a Starbucks cup on one of the tables. There's a contract between the viewer and the creator. We put up with mystery and confusion and pacing because it's supposed to pay off, not just suddenly be hand-waved away. Right. New World Faction, you gotta kiss the biggest company, otherwise you won't get the help during PvP or them declaring war. Right. They rush it because they got the Star Wars contract coming up. Then it was so bad they lost that opportunity. Serves them right. It says serves them right. (laughs) You know, that that's exactly how that should have been handled. You know, you completely rushed and mishandled everything you were working on and really irritated fans. We're not about to handle one of the biggest franchises in the world to you, you know, <laughs> especially after how bad Star Wars had been up to that point. As a book reader, I called almost everything as it ended. It was always headed that way. It was just rushed. Right, right. I don't think people were like, yeah, I think a lot of it was that. I don't think people were like, I can't believe, 
I didn't get everything to work out and everybody had pie at the end, right? No. I think it was more about it was insanely rushed. It you know. I think that's what that's what irritated people. It didn't feel like anything was timely or honored. It was just it was just you blinked and it was over. Um Esports Talk tweets, Battlefield 2042's launch has been plagued by in-game bugs and balance issues, so much so that its Steam reviews have tanked it to the bottom 10 games on the platform. Is this one of the worst game launches in recent memory? I just, I don't get what's happening with games. Like, I don't understand. Like... How do game launches get worse and worse and worse from the biggest companies? Like, it doesn't even make any sense anymore. Like, I could see when games would launch a little buggy and incomplete. You're like, well, you know, they had to get it out. They had to launch it. But what happened with the Grand Theft Auto trilogy and Battlefield, it's just, it's baffling. It's truly baffling. I still remember the one director interview after Danny's Dragon died from the Iron Fleet. Oh, well, Danny forgot about the Iron Fleet. She just forgot. Wow, such story, much development. <laughs> because people tolerate it? No, they don't tolerate it. What do you mean? People, how could you look at Cyberpunk and say people tolerate it and that's why companies do it? Cyberpunk was eviscerated, removed from a storefront, and people got refunds, and they lost billions in share value. It, what do you... Who's tolerating it? It's been terribly destructive to companies and consumer confidence. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like Cyberpunk launched in the way that it did and then made tons of money and all all was well three months later. No. If anything, Cyberpunk was a cautionary tale in the opposite direction. People are not tolerating this. They're not. The, the, the Metacritic scores and, and the public embarrassment here, it's, it's massive. They got nominated for RPG Game of the Year. Oh, who gives a crap about that? You think that you think that nomination's putting money in the bank? <laughs> CD Projekt Red has suffered greatly for their launch. Billions in stock value lost, consumer confidence shaken to its core. They're a meme at this point. A, a nomination isn't going to change that. The nomination makes the memes worse. <laughs> it's just going to resurge the the memification of that game. People are not tolerating this at all because they know people will buy it. But but that doesn't make up for the fact that they just have 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 had massive massive consumer confidence shaking. They're not going to be able to make any money off these games. Do you think Battlefield's going to be profitable in twelve months? How are they going to make any money? It's got like a two dot five on Metacritic. It's the it's one of the ten worst games on Steam. You can't monetize that. What do you? What, there's nothing. There's nothing to do with it. A few million in sales doesn't compare to billions lost. That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't make any sense. It's baffling. You're you're not even going to make money on this. 
the only way Battlefield launched in the state that it's in, and someone was like, yeah, it's totally worth launching, is because they were like, we literally have to just recoup losses with sales, because this is a this is a non-starter. People bought uh, Cyberpunk, but they are also massive refunds. Right, massive refunds ripped from the Sony store, and they lost billions in stock value. The only reason that Battlefield launched in the state that it launched is someone was like, this is a non-starter. This is a loss. We're going to lose money no matter what. We might as well get it out there. Look at the pricing structure. Why do you think the pricing structure was set up how it was? Because they needed to make as much money back as they could because I don't even know how that's possible, though. How many people are just refunding it on Steam? They tank games they don't like and cut funding later. You people don't understand the law of large numbers. What do you mean we don't understand the law of large large numbers? Educate us if we're too stupid to understand why you would do this. You see the article I put in general about Peppa Pig? No, I didn't. I was not even allowed to refund Cyberpunk and I got it on Xbox. It was harder to refund it on Xbox for sure. People continue to buy FIFA every year, even though the game is literally a port from the prior year. People buy Call of Duty every year, even though it's just a reskin from the previous game uh, from a different historical era. I mean, but now you're jumping train tracks, Fozimoto. That has nothing to do with Grand Theft Auto 3 Trilogy being a literal trash pile and Battlefield being in such ill repair that it's getting the lowest scores of any game out right now. That has nothing to do with, with repackaged, established copypasta franchises like FIFA, Madden, and Call of Duty. And Warzone is chuckling at you right now, claiming it's a reskin of the previous game from a different era. <laughs> Warzone's printing money faster than like any game in existence right now, save maybe GTA Five. And those games aren't broken, exactly. Yeah, they're reskins. They're they're not really inspired a lot of the times, but they're not broken. They're not embarrassingly bad. A million seconds is like 11 days, and a billion seconds is like 35 years. Uh, sorry, 31 years. Destroys my point completely. <laughs> it just points to lazy devs. Warzone doesn't count. How does Warzone not count? (laughs) So, when something is contrary to your point, it just doesn't count? That's convenient. (laughs) Yeah, that evidence there, it doesn't count. Why not? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I heard somewhere that the GTA port uh, was also pulled up to release by a significant amount of time. Got my first bag of coffee. Just wanted to say, as someone who drank coffee... uh, even though it hurt his stomach, your brand is advertised as smooth and doesn't hurt my stomach at all. Diaz, you're not the first person to tell me that. One of my mods told me that. He's like, I can't drink coffee because of my stomach. And he's like, I can drink Rageless Rose. It's the balanced acidity. It's easier on your stomach. Devs producing sequels is not lazy and has nothing to do with devs releasing broken stuff. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, it's it's... Yeah, I don't even know if it's a non sequitur. It's like, it's not, we're, you're, we're not in the same category, right? We're talking about, like, I went to a restaurant and the food had, like, rat poop in it 
and was inedible. And you're like, yeah, but McDonald's quality of beef is so low because it's mass produced. And it's the same thing. Okay, no, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about like mass produced products that are copy pasta and samey every year. We're talking about products that are so dadgum terrible, they're not working. Like they're unplayable. Did you see the difference? Like, it's a completely different discussion to talk about like established franchises being able to get away with little innovation every year and just phoning in game development and making massive amounts of money. That's a different subject entirely than they shipped. These are two of the most well-known franchises in existence and they shipped garbage. The difference is, is that Battlefield is literally broken and doesn't work half the time. Call of Duty is just a reskin. Well, at least it's functional. Right. They're probably not counting Warzone because that's not a full Call of Duty game versus Black Ops or Cold War. Battle Royale versus single player campaign. I mean, I get where you're coming from, Murph, or where they're coming from. But again, it has nothing to do with the discussion. GTA and Battlefield. These are very popular, well-known franchises. And they launched garbage I mean I get the difference I'm just saying devs have gotten lazy I I don't know this is something else entirely brother I don't (laughs) I don't know if we but yeah devs have just gotten lazy um for the record McDonald's high standards for beef Increase the standards for the entire industry. Producing mass-assembled burgers requires good, consistent sourcing. Right? I, yeah, I didn't know that. I was just, I was coming up with an example off the top of my head. Like it would, we it, it, devs are lazy. I mean, I, I don't even know if this is evidence of devs are lazy. This seems very, very different than that. Call of Duty Vanguard Zombies is so bad; it's ridiculous. It's a waste of money. Well, like. Vanguard has suffered from pretty poor sales, and I, we theorize that Warzone kind of cannibalized it. There just weren't enough people with a reason to buy it, and their beta was very bad. Typically how bugs are reported up. Dev reports to management a critical roadblock bug. Management reports up, it'll be fixed soon. Management reports back up, no significant bugs. CEO reports, ship it. Paranormal says they planned for the cash shop items to be pay to win and they had to push it. So they didn't update their plan. Wait, which what which game are you talking about, Paranormal? Basically, the law of large numbers indicates that nothing which grows can maintain its growth pace. Eventually it dies, and it's totally unrelated to anything other than time. devs are lazy tell me you know nothing about game development without telling me you know nothing about game development right I don't think devs are lazy this has to do with this has to do with shippable time frames it has to I don't think that uh, there are lazy devs I think it comes down to massive size of the teams it takes to build every AAA game now the number of lines of codes and it takes all the data that is processed it makes version checking code and squashing bugs really hard yeah I guess my question is I, I, I don't even. I, I don't. How did the past Battlefield launch in better shape then? I've, I've literally seen footage comparisons of just the animations and the buildings falling, and it's like Battlefield Four feels like it was in better shape. How is that possible? How is how is that possible? <laughs> how is how's GTA trilogy look worse? What what happened? 
what 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 went down this is bizarre yo it's good reaper have a wonderful thanksgiving thank you uh joshua hornbacker i appreciate that battlefield 4 launched worse it wasn't even playable like diablo 3 i didn't play battlefield 4 at launch did it get better over time as a long-term fan of Battlefield franchise, I can say, hand on heart, I was expecting exactly this at launch. Just looks at the history of Battlefield launches in history, and it shows that they will fix things. They improved Battlefield 4 so much that nobody remembers. Battlefield 4 had a bunch of issues at launch as well, but not as many as 2042, says Detroit. Battlefield 4 was bad for like two months at launch, says Butters. Law of large numbers is like if you flip a coin a hundred times and get heads a hundred times in a row, the feeling is, well, tails must be next. When the individual probability doesn't change, it's still 50-50. I feel like 2042 is the same as all Battlefield releases. How do I answer the question if I've never played New World? You could just say nothing. Yeah, you can just close it. We can end, yeah, we can end the poll. We're kind of shifting gears here at the end anyway. Battlefield 4 was pretty bad at launch. That's why I never buy Battlefield games at launch anymore. I'll keep saying this, per my personal experience of software engineering, project managers, what if we get nine pregnant ladies? Can we deliver a baby in one month? Right. They will make Battlefield better. It's just going to take time. I think their biggest... I'm telling you, Battlefield's biggest dilemma and biggest hurdle right now is that they charged full price for the game. At a time where you can play Warzone, Apex, Fortnite. You can play all those games for free. And Battlefield was like, no, our game's going to be like, what, like $80 to $100, depending on which one you bought. Well, that. What do you. That's that's gonna be their biggest barrier of entry. Well, we fixed it. Well, I'm not coming to come back and buy your freaking game. Are you kidding me? I'm not buying your game. I don't care if you fixed it. Most pe- most expensive PvP experience ever. Yeah, yeah. Halo's free right now, too. most expensive pvp experience ever and it plays like a free-to-play early access right that's gonna be their biggest barrier is oh hey we took the last two months to really get the game in great shape okay do you think anybody's gonna come and buy it probability math is everything to dumb it down if the coin flips it shows me that you're either young or you can't consider quantum calculation oh gosh we got one of these guys here where are we on reddit right now i'm incredibly smart I'm enjoying 2042 mostly, but the thing with queuing into breakthrough is it's just running constantly after the match is over and you can't deploy. It's annoying and it wastes time. They won't get any new Battlefield players, but the core will continue to play. I don't know. They had their release weekend, right? They just had their release weekend. Yikes, bro. Their their release weekend, according to this, they... Did they... No, they never topped 100,000 players on Steam. 
No, they're, I'm sorry. Their all-time peak was 100,590. In the last 24 hours, their all-time peak was 85,000. They, they didn't even have a big weekend. They didn't have like an uptick weekend. They had a downtick weekend. I, that's bad, bro. That's bad. Just awful. Sunday... Yeah, Sunday peaked at 90,000. Steam reviews look solid? You're kidding me. They can't. Unless they're... Oh my gosh. Unless they're freaking just getting bombarded with fake reviews. That's hard to believe. Battlefield 2042. Mostly negative. 36,000 reviews. 26%. You were joking. I was going to say, holy frick, they must be paying for reviews if they have anything good over there. Gee, many freaking Christmas. That's a disaster. That's a freaking disaster. So, you have to consider something. Look at the weekend Steam chart numbers, alright? And then you gotta consider the consoles are in there as well. That means your your highest possible player base isn't even that impressive. Like, it's not even that impressive. Like, New World had 700,000 some odd people trying to play at launch date. This game had like 100,000 people trying to play it on Steam, on PC. When was full release? Wasn't it like Friday? Friday or Thursday? I think Thursday you could get in like a day early and then full release Friday. That's their opening weekend on Steam. They didn't. They barely cracked 100,000 players. That means long term, that's your player pool. That's it. How many of them refunded and are never coming back? And if you want them to come back, they got to buy it again. They're not buying it again. Not after this. You've noticed they've changed? No, those are metal posters. They're disc plates. See? They hang on the wall via magnets. So uh, here's Book of Boba Fett. And so back there is Witcher and Horizon Zero Dawn. They've not changed during this stream, but I change them every day. All committed players will have bought the early access version. Yeah, but... That's what, okay, so you have to understand what I'm saying here. Track with me, track with me. You're not going to convince people to buy the game right now. You simply aren't, okay? And then the number of people that bought it and actually played it opening weekend isn't that high. It's not that high. Therefore, the only sort of remaining player base that keeps playing and subsidizing the game and then buying like a season for the specialists is already in a sharp decline. Yeah, Paul said the tech test got a 2 out of 10. He was like, it's rough. Got a whiff of this in the closed beta, not touching that. Uh, I got my brother-in-law display the other day using your link. Hadn't seen them in person before. They're sweet. Yeah, yeah. Be sure to use my link below in the description of the link in chat. They make, if you're looking for getting some, you know, Christmas presents, coffee orders, you can't make any coffee orders this week. We'll, we'll, we'll relaunch coffee orders next week because I'm going to be out of town. Has Battlefield ever been that popular? Um, okay. Battlefield 4 Steam charts. No. 
all-time peak 12,000, but that, who knows? Who knows if that's even a good snapshot? Because most people probably weren't playing Battlefield 4 through Steam. They were probably playing it through console. But yeah, that's a terrible measure. I doubt anybody played in great number Battlefield 4 through Steam. Not even always been on Steam, right? Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good measure. Um, we could maybe do Battlefield 4 player base peaks and see if anybody's been able to estimate it. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's a website that could tell us like all time where did Battlefield 4 ever peak. Um. Uh, Battlefield 5 topped. So Battlefield 5 had a peak of 87,000 according to this article. Um, there doesn't seem to be a good way to measure Battlefield 4 because these guys are referencing Steam charts and that just isn't helpful. Steam charts are just not a good measure because so many people play these games on console. I guarantee a majority play these games on console. Battlefield 4 um, all-time player peak. I don't know if there's any websites that track this. Because everybody's just pulling the Steam chart numbers, and that's just not a representation. Battlefield 4 online population history. Hang on. Battlefield tracker. There's a website here. Um, all history. It's not, their website's not working. You played Battlefield 4 through Origin? Yeah, the previous Battlefields were released on Origin and PC. Yeah, so it wasn't, their Steam numbers are just not going to help. There doesn't seem to be websites that do a good job of tracking the Battlefield numbers to see like, okay, how successful was like, you know, Battlefield 4. Now you can look at video game sales as a comparison. Uh, Battlefield 1942 with 2.5 million. Vietnam 1.3. Battlefield 2, 2.2. Let's look at Battlefield 4. 14 million in sales. And then Battlefield 5 dropped way down with 7.3. So Battlefield 5 sold half of what Battlefield 4 did. Hardline tanked with a 4 million. And then Battlefield 1 spiked up to 25 million. Battlefield 1 did very well. Holy frick. In total number of sales. Gee, many friggin' Christmas. So, I mean, their most successful in sales were uh, Battlefield 3 with 17 million. Battlefield 4 with almost 15 million. And then Battlefield 1 with 25 million. And then Battlefield 5 dropped down pretty sharply. Um... That's just sales. That doesn't show, like, consistent players. It looks like it's enjoying Steam success like it's never had. Battlefield's never been on that level and it's paid. No, 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 no. You can't compare historically Battlefield's numbers on Steam, though, because in the, in recent years, they added it later, so all those numbers are, like, they're not they're not good numbers.
the steam is not a good indication because you're comparing it to times where most people were probably buying it console and origin oh you can compare it to five but battlefield five didn't do very well did it Battlefield 1 was the first shooter going back to World War in many years, so it had lots of hype. That's right, I remember that. I remember that. That one actually had a great campaign. How's that any different now? Oh, well, what was... Yeah, I'm sorry, then. Okay, you got Battlefield 5 Steam charts. Battlefield 5 Steam charts all-time peak was 89,000. So this game has beaten that by 11,000, and we'll see if it can... if, If that translates into anything. Because beating that by 11,000, Eugene, I don't know if that's much. They've only beat the all-time peak of Battlefield 5 by 11,000. They didn't blow it out of the water. That's for darn sure. And what are the reviews of Battlefield 5 on Steam? So how many of those, how many of those 11,000 have already freaking refunded? Right? How many, of them have, how many of them have refunded? How did Battlefield 5 on, on, uh, on Steam with respect to uh, reviews mostly positive all all reviews mostly positive out of the 70,000 out of the 70,000 reviews it's got a 70% I don't know man I don't know it it beat it beat the all-time peak of Battlefield 5 by 11,000 that's not much and it's tanking so I guarantee you a ton of those people have refunded even isn't instructive at all this game outside of Steam success right but you said it was enjoying success in Steam that it's never had before yeah I mean the peak the peak increasing by 11,000 after the marketing for this game I don't know if that's that impressive and with the current scores <laughs> that difference doesn't matter because so many of those people have probably refunded isn't there is there a way for us to check that I don't know if there's a way for us to check that I think I think game companies can show the refund charts if they want uh, some game companies have done that over the years. Battlefield 1942 in Portal is great. Yeah, I've heard people say that it's it's worth it to get Portal, but outside of that, it's not worth it. Like, it just isn't worth the purchase. I have actually heard that. Um... Uh, <clears throat> You're ignoring origin for the peaks a lot of people are still buying only on origin because it cuts out the middleman sure i'm not drawing any definitive conclusions here with with steam charts it only shows us some trends right just shows us some trends I, you know it uh it, it just it just isn't looking very good the reviews alone indicate that there's probably massive refunds happening right now for um for this game there's probably pretty significant refunds going on right now. When it scores as low as it is. I mean, I don't know. I can't see a game tanking this sharply and people just just not not trying to refund it. How many people buy games and barely play them? I mean, I don't know how many people buy games and barely play them on opening weekend. I mean, that's the real question. This game just had its opening weekend. And the numbers are just not very impressive. Like, I, I don't know. I, again, I, it's, I don't know. You got to consider the numbers aren't that impressive. 
and they might have a chance to grow into impressive numbers, but the scores are so insanely low, they're probably having mass refunds. And in addition to having mass refunds, they're not going to have anybody else considering buying it. Who's going to this storefront right now and, and saying, yeah, I'll buy that? Who? Who's going to this storefront and seeing mostly negative in red? 36,000 reviews, almost 37,000. No one's buying this game right now when they see that. There's no friggin' way. There's just no way. Um, I don't like my streams to get longer than three hours. <clears throat> and I got a lot of things to take care of today because I am traveling tomorrow. So I hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving week. Thank you for the insane support last week. The coffee orders was insane. The viewership was insane. Today was a little light, but it could be because of the holiday week. Uh, it could just be because interest in New World's going down a bit because of all the issues we outlined in today's stream. So no worries at all, man. I was glad to see so many familiar as well as new names in chat. So if you're new and you just hit subscribe, uh, we do this show Monday through Friday in the mornings. A lot of New World coverage. Uh, a lot of Elden Ring and From Fridays coverage, like From Software Games, a lot of other game coverage, and then gameplay in the afternoons. But for the rest of the week, I'm off for the holiday. So enjoy your holiday week. We'll be back here, hitting it and getting it next week on Monday morning. So hit subscribe, make sure you got your bell button pressed, make sure you're hanging out in the Discord, and I'll see you next week, alright? <laughs>